everybody and welcome back to another episode of smell my bourbon i am your host mike sanchez along with my co-host dave jokes so dave we got a really good uh episode here so the cool thing about this whole episode is we wanted to do something uh, closer to veterans day you know uh try to work everything out together we weren't able to get it right on veterans day but we're still in the same month so fuck it we're still going with this (laughs) (laughs) but this is a really good episode we have uh we we're actually so normally we'll have one or two guests Today, we're joined by three special, special guests, and I'm really excited about that. So what I'm going to do, we're going to go around the table here, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So starting over here at my right right now, we have the very, very talented gentleman from Triple Threat Vets. Uh, guys, introduce yourselves. Yep. How you guys doing? My name is Matt. I'm with uh, Triple, Threat, Triple Threat Vet Podcast. That's like a tongue twister half the time when I say it. But uh, yeah, I was in the Navy for 22 and a half years. I uh, retired in 2019, came out of that, and then started a podcast with you guys after starting uh, a t-shirt line. I own Got Your Six Culture, and then I'm just a part of the, the podcast. Awesome. They just let me hang out, I think, is what it is. But Awesome. Yeah, myself, I'm Scott Blake, a.k.a. Blake, Blake Ben Blake, Scott Blake, Blake Scott, DJ Royalty, a whole bunch <laughs> of different names, but still the same person. I, too, am a, a part of the Triple Threat Vet Podcast, also a Retired Navy vet myself. I did a little under 21 years of military service and now uh, doing all the stuff I love, man. Chilling with my brothers, doing podcast stuff and the, the cool stuff on the outside of it. So I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Good having you guys. We're so lucky to have you guys today. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. Uh, okay. And going from the, the to the left now, we're joined. And this is really cool, too, because this is our first time actually having. Well, no, this is the second bourbon owner we've had, correct? So this yes. is our second one, but this is our first veteran-owned bourbon company that we've been able to have a podcast with here. So I'd like to introduce everybody, or actually I'll let him introduce himself because that, that's what we're doing here. So I'll let him go ahead and do it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Ryan, founded uh, Simplify Brands. Uh, we're Texas veteran-owned company. We're the makers of Big Stick Bourbon. Awesome. Big Stick Bourbon. So that, for in case you haven't figured out, that's what we're testing today. We're testing the Big Stick Bourbon. <laughs> is that why I we like have the all these sounds, bottles? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that why we have all these bottles? Yes, because we're going to go through a lot of it. <laughs> all right. And all right. So continuing on with the tour real quick. All right. The next guest that we have as well with us today, he's a really good friend of mine. Um, we've been partnering up on a lot of things together. Everybody knows that I, I do the uh, Los Comunica Padres. Um, but what they don't know is I also... Uh, partner up there a lot of times well he's actually an honorary compadre he's he's yeah. he's, he's basically latino <laughs> so uh, i'm gonna let everybody introduce yourself hey everybody my name is enrique knowles <laughs> <laughs> i'm eric knowles uh, i've been doing stand-up comedy for 16 years i'm a marine corps veteran uh i started the article 15 comedy tour along with the veterans of comedy tour uh way back in the day and i've been working with mike for about been working from with mike for about eight years now so cool, cool. So we have a little bit of everything going on today. So this is going to be an exciting uh, podcast, I feel. What do you think, Dave? How do you feel about this? Well, uh, I feel like an outsider because I'm the only one that's not a veteran. But That's not true. You're the oldest person. Well, well I'm not, not I'm the oldest. oldest. I'm not a veteran, but I have been married three times, cause, so that should count for something. Yeah, yeah that's maybe. definitely something. He's been to war. There's, been there's to war. definitely been some to battle, exactly. battle he, he scars He's definitely served there. a, 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 a tour of booty. <laughs> 
All right, so cool. Real quick, so in the for those who are just tuning in, this is our first time listening to our podcast. Um, we kind of break it down how we do this. So what we're gonna do first, and this is what we always like to do first, is the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna try out this bourbon. So before we get started on today's bourbon. Mike, since we have you with us today, buddy, sure. why don't you tell us a little bit about Big Stick Bourbon, um, the history of it, how y'all got to, came up with everything. There's a interesting facts that I'd like you to go over about your logo, because I read that whole pamphlet, and that is so yeah. cool how you do that. So, uh, yeah, so I started this. Um, I'm not a veteran, by the way, just to clear the air. My family served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Navy SEALs, and Space Force. So in my younger days, I was an electrical engineer. I worked in aerospace engineering field. So my customers were all the people that were the airplane pilots, uh, aerospace engineers, and long and short of it, as an engineer, I was one of the guys working behind the scenes. Um, and again, aerospace engineering, that's code word for we built missiles. So that's what we did. <laughs> Damn. So I got to travel all over the world, meet a bunch of really cool people, some of whom I never got to know their last names, obviously, you know, all these crazy projects. But it was an awesome experience between that and all my family serving all the different branches, Having the family history going back, you know, 30 years, 40 years in the military. Gosh, dad, 1950s, dad was in the army. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I still hear his war stories from 1950s in the Korean War. So, yeah. Uh, but I decided to do this. I was a, an IT director, vice president of IT, and I said, this is a lot more fun than being in the computer business. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, I called up my best friend, Joe, retired Lieutenant Colonel Marine Corps. And he's a JAG officer. And I said, I think about starting this bourbon business. I've got some ideas. I think I can actually get a patent on this product. And Joe said, I'm in. And I said, well, you haven't heard how much it's going to cost. It's like, doesn't matter. I'm in. It's bourbon. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how it always so happens for that's, me. Yeah, that's a, kind of how it's, no, like I said, no good story ever started with a salad, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so that's how we started. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people ask me, how did you really get into it? So how I really got into it is my wife was nagging me. Because we had this big bar. We just bought this big house in Katy. Our kids were little. And the lady that we bought it from, uh, she was retired. She was downsizing. And she had a nice bar there. And she said, you know, my husband used to drink this, but he's long gone. And I don't want to move all this to a much smaller house. She called my wife and said, would your husband mind if I left behind all the liquor bottles? And she said, oh, I think he'll get along just fine. (laughs) (laughs) It might be a stress, but you know what? We'll see what happens. So because of all my travels around the world, I had my own collection. So bringing ours into the house, there was no room on the bar, on the counter. So it was a mess. And she said, you got to clean this up. It's like, well, I'm not throwing it down the drain. (laughs) So I started drinking it all. And after a while, I said, you know, it's all good. It's okay. Some of these are name brands. Mm -hmm. It's nice. But for me, it just doesn't do it. They all taste a little different, but there's nothing that stands out. And I got this bright idea. I said, why doesn't whiskey age like a fine wine? Mm. You could buy a bottle of wine for 20 bucks and five years later, it's worth 500 bucks. Well, how is that? Because it ages in the bottle. Well, whiskey doesn't do that because you just put it in glass. It sits there forever, right? Right. So I came up with this idea of putting a charred oak stick in the bottle. And I literally went to Amazon, bought chemistry sets on Amazon, researched everybody's mash bill on the internet, and started mixing and matching with my chemistry set at home, and eventually came up with this. Wow. Wow. So that's what I did. And then uh, one of my lawyers I talked to said, I think we can patent this. So I filed a patent on it, and sure enough, only four years later, and thousands of dollars, we got a patent. (laughs) Right? Yeah. 
I hope my wife's listening. That's, that's fast. So, it all yeah. started in a garage with chemistry sets, babe. Yeah, chemistry right? sets in a garage. I need you to chemistry know. sets and lots of booze. So, lots of booze, right? So all your research on on the mixes and stuff. Is that how you determined the size of stick that you're going to put in there? Well, so great question. So part of the research involves drinking all your mistakes. Okay. So it took a little longer. Well, if you need help, you can always call and we'll, we're there for you. Okay. Yeah. No, but I, we joke around, but yeah, getting into it. Uh, if you all can see the bottle, it's a tall square bottle. But um, as the bourbon geek, we joke, we say the size of the stick matters. But yeah. the size of the stick really does matter. Because it's not just a gimmick. We don't just throw the stick in there. The surface area ratio of the stick relative to the liquid in the bottle is the exact same number as if the bourbon was still in the 53-gallon barrel. Wow. So, so you it was wow. basically scaling everything down so it's yeah. still like it's in the barrel size. Exactly. So we took that ratio. We inverted it. Now, we use aged bourbon already before we start. So we do both. It's aged prior to bottling. And then the stick adds all that flavor afterwards. Me being the engineer... I decided to use fresh lumber. We don't use used barrel staves because most of the double oaks are, they put the barrel in the second barrel. It's a used barrel. Right. Well, to me, used is spent, right? So how much flavor are you going to get from that? So I decided to go the max I could. We bought furniture grade lumber from the mill in Katy, designed the machine to cut the sticks. I designed the machine to char the sticks and I got the patent on putting the stick in the bottle. Wow. So the ratio matters because we didn't want to have it over or under flavored. Or right. some people say it was going to taste too oaky. It's like, it really doesn't. You know, and again, I'm not kind of guy that tells you what you're supposed to taste. You taste whatever you taste. I've had a hundred people say, oh, I'm a connoisseur. It's like, great. And they tell me totally different things. <laughs> it's like, it's America. If you, As long as you like it and you buy it, <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it tastes like grape juice to you. As long as you buy the bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good, right? yeah. So I, I let people make their own decision. But yeah, we started the ratio and we figured out how to surround the stick with enough bourbon and then found a bottle to match. So literally it's designed from the inside out. Wow. So you built everything around the stick, yeah. essentially. Except, yeah, of course. Awesome. And then, um, I, if everyone can see or not, but on the label, you've, I've done this many t tastings at all the different liquor stores around the country, but these are Marine Corps colors, exact color match from the Marine Corps style guide from the Pentagon, the red, the blue, the crimson and yellow, sorry, crimson gold and the blue from the Marine Corps uniform. Exact color match. Wow. Odin's the all-father spirit of the military. Our company name's Legally Simplify Brands, LLC. Uh, the 95 proof symbolic because we donate 5% back to veterans charities. Um, all kinds of Easter eggs on the label. Um, so my dad and my uncle were in the army. Uh, if you can see, he's got the Captain America shield he's holding in his hand. My nephew just retired. He moved back to Austin, Lieutenant Commander, Navy SEALs. Uh, He's holding the spear, the tip of the spear. Tip of the spear. Okay. It's not a trident because that would be too obvious. Right, okay. right, right, right. So yeah. got to give yeah. me a little bit yeah, artistic yeah, yeah, yeah. license there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see what you did there. On the back, the barcode, there's an ancient boat floating over the barcode. Mm. A lot of different meanings there. Navy, right? Coast Guard, you could say. But but also Marine Corps, as we know, mm -hmm. God bless the Marine Corps, were founded on when? 10 November. 10 November 1775. 1775. That's before the USA was the USA. Right, so the Marine Corps has existed before the USA was the USA. Yeah, we were oh wow! Pirates, and and like all good Marines, <laughs> they were founded in a bar in Boston because, like I said, no good story ever started with a salad. <laughs> so that, the, that's how the Marine Corps started in a bar in Boston. That's right. And they were called the Marines because they had to patrol the harbor for pirates. That's where they came from. 
Wow, that's that's a show I didn't even know about. That's oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So in addition, you can see the the gold the gold uh, um, foil on here. Similar to, if you turn it sideways, it's it's like on the, either the leggings or the cuffs of the officer's uniforms. Yeah. And then, as you know, my friendly Marine here, um, on the uh, dress blues, the uniform, the, the gold cap, about the same size as the buttons. We can't use the, the Eagle Globe and Anchor, EGA, because that's right. trademark, right? Right, right. But the gold cap is almost the same size as the buttons on yeah. the uniform. Oh, wow. wow. So there's a lot of thought put into the whole design of this barrel. I'm in the bottle. If you all want to uh, take a look at a bottle in more in detail, um, in addition to that, none of the bottles are square. They're actually hourglass shaped. You put them together, you can see they've got a trim waistline and square shoulders like a soldier standing at attention. Wow. So all that's there. The labels are also an optical illusion because they're hourglass as well. They're not square labels. They're hourglass labels to match the bottle. Which you can see when you when you tilted it down, you could see it. You can see the You can see the weight. Yeah. So in addition to that, if you all want to grab a hold of a bottle, there's actually a bulge in the middle. And to me, it's a stretch, okay? But I feel it's like you're grabbing the handle on an AR-15 or, or M4. So... There's a little bulge there. It feels like you can, like you're holding on to your. your it just feels really comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's good for your best friend. You're ready to pour this. I mean, this is a good. Yeah. It's a good bottle. It holds well. Like this is. I'm ready to pour my buddies a glass and everything with this like that. That's awesome. So, so yeah, we won an award, won a design award for the bottle. It's the only one like it uh, in the world. And also. Um, We've got this internal pour spout, and everybody said, "Why do you put the internal pour spout?" I was spout just in about there? to ask you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a bar pour spout, but it's actually inside the bottle. Well, as an engineer, we don't really need this. When we first started, like I said, Joe is my partner. He's a retired JAG officer who worked at the Pentagon. And as all good Marines will do, especially lawyers, he says, "You know, you got to worry about this liability." It's like this—if you turn it over, the stick's not going to come out. Joe, I'm telling you. Because it's such a long bottle, the stick's going right. to fall down at an angle, ain't going to come out. He goes, Mike, you don't understand. I know my Marines. They're going to try and pull it out and light it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> True. Got me there. True okay. story. The True story. Yep. So, yeah, that's going to happen. So, yeah. see, yeah. so there you go. So that's why we did that. Okay, so that, that prevents the, the stick from coming out of the bottle that way. This awesome. Also, this also could be a very, very... Strong web, strong web. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Leave right. it to Blake to come up with a web. After the stories we heard earlier, I understand Blake. <laughs> always thinking, always yeah, thinking. Always. Ahead, yeah, exactly. ready to go. Very tough. Well, shoot. I you know what? We're doing the talking about it. I want to start, start pouring it. Y'all, y'all ready for a glass? Everybody ready for a glass? Yeah. Sure. So Let's try this out. In, so as you're pouring, I'll tell you about the wood. It's all natural American white oak. It's brand new. It's not used for a barrel stave. So if you do your research, yeah, just tilt it way up, over it, just totally, there you go, it'll pour out. All natural American white oak has about 140 chemicals in it. And of those chemicals, are, they're fructoses, wood sugars. So there's about four different kinds of fructoses, wood sugars. Think strawberries, blackberries, right? And when you char sugar, you get caramel, just like in cooking. Right? So that's where you get the caramel flavor from the bourbon. Well, likewise, the resins in here, they're also called, the chemical names called phenolic acids. Now, phenolic acid is an ester. It's kind of like, like in the chemical industry, you'd have polyester, but this is an ester, right? Phenolic acid. But you would know those common word is aromatics, right? Or flavonoids. Well, 
those phenolic acids are exact same chemicals that are in vanilla beans. Mm. So that's why you get the vanilla flavor as well when you char it. So um, what happens is if you make vanilla beans, literally in the grocery store, you take a vanilla bean, you squeeze the heck out of it, you throw it in alcohol. That's what they do. They throw it in, in alcohol. Mm. Yeah. If you look, it actually says alcohol in the bottle. Mm -hmm. The way you make artificial vanilla extract in the grocery store is you squeeze the heck out of American white oak. You throw that in alcohol. Oh, so, so I mean, there's multiple ways, but basically the artificial chemicals are the phenolic acids. That's the same exact aromatics that you find in vanilla beans. So I noticed like the stick that you're holding there is, is lighter and it's darker inside the bottle. Right. Does, so does it go in that color and turn this So, no, side? great question. No, I, had, I designed the machine that actually chars it gotcha. as okay. well. So, so yeah. you guys char the sticks char the stick. much like you'll do before you put the whiskey in right. the barrel to age. You char exactly. the stick to go in there after to continue. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So um, once you have the charred stick in there, does it affect the color? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So let me hear. Let's write another visual aid here. So before and after bottling. Okay. So gotcha. before it looks like honey. Right. And afterwards it looks like, you know, like Dark, dark maple syrup. I mean, yeah. much, much darker. Sweet tea. Yeah. yeah so, like the, sweet tea, yeah. so basically, when well, you're sticking there, the longer your bourbon stays bottled, the, the the flavor profile is going to change right. because it's going to continue to grab to grab those notes from that chart. So it is going to age like wine. It is. So it ages. legally, legally, we can't say ages in the bottle because that's a federal rule. We have to say finishes in the bottle. Finishes yeah. in the bottle. Okay. So, so, but this is actually better because technically, aging means it ages in the barrel. Right in a barrel, it's wood. It's organic, so everything evaporates. The right. longer you leave the whiskey, the more evaporates. Yeah. Well, as you know, the first thing to evaporate in a high proof barrel are the finer flavor components. Right. That's the angel's share. Right. Yep. The angel's share. Right. Right. And a lot of a lot of bourbons are named after the angels, this or that, right, whatever. So what we do is because we start with a fresh piece of wood and we put it in the the bottle all over again, and then we seal it. It's glass, right? So nothing right. evaporates. So we actually trademark. We make the angels thirsty. Because <laughs> the second time around, you don't lose that. You don't lose that flavor, which is oh, nice, right? Which is why not only going to get notes of caramel, vanilla, and whatever else you may taste, which is fine, but it's going to be a lot richer and a lot more flavorful and a lot more complex. So that all I'm going to mm. say is I think it's more complex than your average bourbon. All right. Well, you know what? I want to. At that note, let's go ahead and let's let's uh, let's take our first little sip here. A little. Wow. So already I can smell the caramel and it's like it has a good caramelized smell. It doesn't have a like so I've had some bourbons where they they have that caramel smell, but it's more of a almost like a a, a stronger alcohol, more alcohol than the caramelization of it. And then and that that's sometimes it's good, but a lot of times it kind of turns me off on it a little bit because I, it, it's almost more antiseptic and less actual bourbon. So we, we made it ninety five proof for a couple different reasons. If you overproof it, like 120, 130, you'll dissolve more of the resins in the wood. So you can risk making it taste more like charcoal. Oh. Right? If you make it 80 proof and low proof, you may not get enough dissolving of some of those resins to get more of the flavor out of it. So yeah. my humble opinion in my flavor, I thought 95 was a good number. I'm going to tell you my opinion. <clears throat> 95 is an amazing number. This is yeah, so good. Very good. It's smooth. It's got just the just the right kind of just like it, it sits on your tongue. It does. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it does. goes across. It almost like it coats it. It's it's 
So the magic is because we use fresh wood and fresh resin. So there's a lot more resin than there would be if the barrel was used. Because we start with fresh wood. Literally, it's furniture grade. This is grade one. You know, if you've seen a, a whiskey barrel, you wouldn't want to eat off of that. Mm -mm. You know, but I have countertops at home made of the same exact wood. Oh, wow. Because this is literally, you know, the best grade you can buy. When I tasted it um, over at uh, Total Wine and More when we met, it, we were, you were serving it in the little plastic cups. Small and cups. I was like, this is good. It's, drinking it out of the glass, yeah. it's so much better. So much better. This is a grown man drinking short. Yeah, this well, is this is this is it's one you it's gotta buy two of. Yeah, you gotta buy two so you can drink <laughs> yeah. one, let the other one, you know, yeah, finish really, out the way you want it and then open it when you're ready, you know? I like that it leaves a really uh like a great spicy taste right. in your mouth. Like that yeah, yeah. lingers on the tongue a long yep. time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's what I like too. Of, it coats it. It's kind of Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come into the holidays. Like this yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got some spice to it. Christmas present. Let's go. I can't handle yeah. the smell. The smell is what got me. Like I'm a big. I like to smell everything. To me, before I try anything, it's always about smell. Even with food, sure. uh, since I was a little kid, it was oh, yeah. always you bring it to your nose and smell it first before you tried it. But this, I can't get over the smell. It's so. Great it's so inviting. Yeah, it's an inviting smell. It's really. Thank you. So, um, and I didn't have to pay for that either. So that's good. This is no, no, this is, this is, this is, that's what we like to do with this podcast. We like to give an honest opinion, unbiased by anybody else. It's just our own personal opinion because that's what we feel like our listeners want to hear. They want to hear what we think about it. And of course, they're going to, they're going to try this out on their own and they're going to, and they're going to make their own decision on it. But I want to give the best honest opinion I do because, yeah, sure. You know, I've had, we've had some purpose on here where I told Dave and Dave and I have told each other like, eh. Yeah. It was okay, but it's not something I would buy on a regular basis. This right here, yeah, I think this is something I would keep. I'm, 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 I'm the new phrases. This is something I'm going to keep in my stock because it, it needs to be in there. I, I, this is good. Yeah, yeah. very, very good. So I've got a two part question. Sure. One, I know that we talk a lot about like how how it's bottled and how the way it's sealed and kind of keeps everything in. Once the bottle is open, mm -hmm. right, once the bottle is open, so let's say I, you know, obviously, person like myself, I'm not going to drink the whole bottle in one setting, right. depending on what we. No, yeah, it depends party. on right, who's right, over. Exactly. Depends on yeah. who's over. But you know, if I didn't want to come home, have me a pour, and then put the top back on, and sure, does it still hold the same type of? Once it's open, does it lose anything? No, not really. No, I mean, with with other whiskeys, obviously you would right. because more of evaporation, right. right? But because the stick stays in the bottle, right? right you're not really gonna. And so you, you also could have that extra it, pour. That, you could literally. Drink a bottle over a year and right. have ten different tastes. Exactly. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 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 So the longer the bottle lasts and sits in there, right. so if oh. you if you go a month between between right. drinking out of that bottle, well, what you try this time, right. the next time is going to have a different flavor. You're going to pick right. up different notes because right. it's still finishing with yeah. that yeah, wood yeah, yeah. in there. No, that's unique. That's yeah. good. Or think about this: like if you're the type of guy, I know some people that only drink like once a year yeah. on their yeah. anniversary. It's a different time. Like imagine. If, Imagine the difference in taste between right. between one year sips. Right. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got some friends that have bought them. And said, one guy's. I'm holding it for ten years. It's like I'll buy you a second bottle. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, Try it now too. It's good now too. Yeah, this is this is good. This I like Very this good. a lot. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I I think it's great. I mean, that's why I told you about it um, after uh, the tasting. But uh, once you bottle and have the the wood, the charred wood in there, do you guys keep it in the warehouse? 
a certain amount of time before you so put yeah, it out to the question. show? Yeah, so the way, if you know anything about this business, it's impossible to get anything done. This is not military double time. This is, oh, the truck's going to show up on Tuesday. And it might, but they never told you which Tuesday. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. Let's so, go. Yeah, so if you're familiar, <laughs> yeah, so it, t- it could take one or two months from the day you bottle it to even get it on the shelf. And that's if everything goes right. So what we're doing now is we're starting bottling our next batch for next year. And so what you hit, what you have here has been several months already. Oh, wow. So which, what you've got is a very mature batch, you know, from the last run. And then next year we'll have another run with many more thousands of bottles. And so, you know, then it'll be obviously, you know, a, a little, a little different, but yeah. you know, it'll, it'll age, you know, for two, three months, four months minimum before you even get to see it. So a question real quick. So you said this is a, a pre-mesh that you, you already have that's been barreled and then you take it and you put it in the bottom with the oak. So, so it's our proprietary, yeah, proprietary recipe. Yeah. Okay. So y'all's right. So y'all make that first barrel then before it even gets into the, uh, into the bottle or so the mash. I mean, well, we, we, we buy the barrels. From, okay. We still buy from other distilleries cause we're still tiny. Right. 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 But we buy according to our, our, you know, our secret spec, if you will. Got you. So they, they build that, they build to your recipe. Right, right. That, that, cause that's what I was asking. That way I was, the reason I was asking is cause like, you know, if you get, there's not a, a confusion of getting a different, uh, Mash from one or the other because they're building to your specs so and everything. With, so you're going to get that same. Well, with bourbon, it's not just the, the recipe or the mash bill. It's also about the aging, right? Right. The aging process. Two years, three years, four years, five years. So, and again, some people even tell you that a 10-year-old bourbon is not that good because it's evaporated so much. All you've got left is harshness. Well, it, in order to be considered a bourbon, right? It has to, it can be, it has to be at least two years, no more than five years, so, correct? So great question. Not exactly. No. Okay. In order to be considered bourbon, Legally, it's going to be made in America. Yep. Okay. Just like tequila can only be made in Mexico. That's an international right. kind of a treaty law. So bourbon's made in America. It's got to be a minimum 51% corn. After that, you can put whatever you want, in, as long as it's 51% corn in the mash bill. So that's where the rye, you can put in rye, you can put in wheat, you can put in literally rice. There's usually a little bit of barley. Most of it's malted barley because it kicks off the fermentation process. Gotcha. So like scotch or Irish whiskey is almost 100% barley. But it's the grains, it, mm. it's not malted, it's the real grains that they, they, you know, ferment, right, to make everything. So that's where that comes from. Like rum's made from sugar cane, right, that kind of thing. Right, right. Tequila's made from agave, which is actually a plant, it's not a grain. Right, right, it's right. a plant. So, but bourbon, to be called bourbon, also has to be uh, proofed around 120 or 130 is the ideal. Some distilleries are overproofing it, uh, higher proof, which... My personal preference, I don't think, is good because then it extracts too much out of the charred barrel. I think it tastes too much. Again, my humble opinion, too too much much wood, too much char. Yeah. So, and then it's got to be stored in a brand new charred American white oak barrel, not French oak, American white White oak. White oak, yep. For at least one day. One day, that's it. One day to be called bourbon. To be called straight bourbon, it has to be two years. Oh, so, so that's where that two-year thing comes rye. from. So that's the straight. That's what it's straight. That's what straight means. Straight rye whiskey or straight bourbon means two years. Now, I, what I can promise you is the good news, bad news. In America, with labels and lawyers, if you're buying a straight whiskey from a big-name company, right. I'm not going to promise you legally, but I'll promise you like 99%, that's two years in one day. And two years in one day. Out of that stuff oh, yeah. Because they don't make any more money if right. it's over. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. 
So it, you can say it's four-year-old whiskey if you use five barrels of four-year-old and five barrels of six-year-old. If you mix it and you blend them, as they call it, you've got to use the younger age. Right. So if there's one barrel of four-year-old and ten barrels of ten-year-old, you can only claim it's a four-year-old whiskey. Because you put that one four-year-old bottle one barrel four, in there. Right. So do you guys have trouble with barrels like everybody else? Like we've like going around and visiting distilleries. A lot of them were saying they're starting to run into shortages of American white oak, and that they were starting to allow a different kind of wood for yeah, the barrel. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. is true. Yeah. And so you guys are still able to get the white oak barrels. Oh, we wow. have plenty. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, man, I tell you what, this is an amazing, amazing uh, drink right here. I like this. It's very good. It's very smooth. Like you said, it kind of coats your tongue, so it's, it lingers there for you. It, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't give you that chest burn, which I like because right. I don't like. I hate it when I get that chest burn. That's why there's certain drinks I can't drink them just for the fact that they just sit there. So, so I didn't tell you the side effect here because it's charcoal. It's real charcoal. Think of it as yes, we filter the bourbon right, and then we. We bottle it, but mm-hmm. then we put a charred oak stick back in the bottle. So there may be a little charcoal residue in the bottle. Mm-hmm. But what that means is it's 100% natural. So it's like going back to the unfiltered state. Mm. Oh, wow. So because you have the extra charcoal, charcoal is literally a, a filter that settles your stomach. Mm. Oh, right? wow. It's an appetite, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why you do it for um, in the military. You have the charcoal that they, if, it filters your if, water. If, if, well, if you get like um, poison or anything like that yeah. in, in NBC school, they tell you. To chew on charcoal to help exactly. with the to get that. So what happens when you put it in your whiskey? It takes out all the bad stuff as well. So it's wow. taking out all the harsh chemicals, which is why you get that wonderful no burn feeling, right. the warm but no burn, and you get the resin on your mouth feel because it's brand new wood, it's fresh resin. So yep. that literally is the resin that's dissolved in the uh, in the bourbon mm. that coats your tongue. I think I found my new favorite bourbon. <laughs> experiencing now is like you get the even after you drink it a little bit you get that you get that uh that flavor that after taste yeah, that mm-hmm. after, but it, it's not it's not a bad thing it's, it's not it's not. really nice no. it's good you know I mean? it's, it, it's it really keeps nice. that little flavor yeah. going on yeah. so you, it's, you, you it's just more of a nice, linger of right. the flavor yeah. 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 So, rather than the harshness makes you want to drink more now now i want to smoke a cigar now because now i want to pair the cigar to it i'm not gonna lie yeah i feel like at this point now we gotta pair the cigar with it now are we allowed to talk Cost of this? Are they different in different places? Are they? they are different in different stores. So we we sell to a distributor. This is where the legal stuff gets complex. Right. We're the manufacturer technically. So we sell to a distributor. So in Texas, it's GIMA. GIMA is our distributor. Okay. So I can give them a plug. They're out of New Braunfels. Any liquor store, you can find them or they can find you. You can buy it from them. I can't tell them what to sell it for. Right. Gotcha. Right. All we do is we say, well, like the MSRP on a car. Right. Our, our suggested retail price is seventy dollars a bottle. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Now some mail order shops may be higher or lower. I can't sell mail order. That would be illegal for me to do that, right? Right. So you have to go kind of find out on your own. All I can do is tell people, hey, try it. You like it? You buy it. If I if through a, a tasting at a liquor store, again, they've already bought that product. So I just go in as the manufacturer's rep and say, please try my product. Gotcha. And they let me give out free samples, and then if you like it, you buy it. But you're buying it from the specs or the total wine or the twins liquors or whatever. yeah. So whatever so, their markup would be is right. what you're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so here in the Houston market, here in the Houston market, where can we find your bourbon? If somebody wants to go out and get a bottle today, where are some of those? Where are some of the places they can go here in the Houston market today to go get it? So I, you know, I can't favor any one store. That's no, 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 no. I don't yeah. want to favor, but just yeah, just but off the top of the head, the couple of ones that 
A couple wines, there's there's several specs. Uh, every total wine in the state of Texas has okay. us. And if you have a local neighborhood store, you can certainly ask the manager oh, yeah. to call Gima Distributor and, and they can order it from them. Awesome. So, so they, it's oh, available to everybody. And they can go to your website, I'm assuming, and, and they can get a, like a, a, a vendor's list or a locator. So um, there are some there are some locations available, but again, it's most people usually shop at their local, you know. Right, right. So right. just asking your local rep to get yeah. a hold of Gima and say, "Hey, bring this right. in," and they can bring it in. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, like I said, this is a this is a great bourbon. I'm I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, just so many good things, and then the the fact that you that you do five percent back, and that's what I wanted to touch base. I wanted to come back yeah, and touch base because you yeah. kind of just were real quick about it, but um, so. We, we mentioned, and, and it's also, it says on the bottom, it says on your website, 5% goes back to military right. charities. Um, obviously, that's because of your love for the military, I'm assuming, right. uh, family history, anything like that. Sure. Um, so, how does that go about? Y'all just pick a charity or? So, um, we started by just kind of picking ones. We don't do any ones that are on national TV. Yeah. We wanted to pick local ones that are like charity begins at home. Right. Awesome. So, so, we wanted to pick ones that are near and dear to our hearts, but but still relatively local. And it turns out that it's it's really good karma. So for whatever reason, the 95 proof, for some reason, the ones we picked, it seems that they also use 95% of their proceeds go to the intended recipients. So they only have like a 5% overhead. So 95.5 seems like a nice karma number. It, oh, it does. Wow. It sounds amazing. So Everything like, you guys do like runs that, into that each other. Action. All of it. That's, you know, not gonna oh, maybe by design. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, like the Houston PTSD Foundation, Camp Hope. Campo. Yeah. Okay, Campo. we know about Campo. Yeah. We- so we've done we've done some with theirs. Um, last year, Veterans Day, one of the local restaurants was kind enough. They ran a drink special. You know, like one or two dollars from every drink went to Campo. We we make special cocktails for them. Oh yeah, wow, that kind of a thing. Um, another, you know, some you'd never heard of um, uh, was uh, like there's a jujitsu foundation out of Florida. Uh, I think it's out of Florida. It's called We Defy. I think it's WeDefy.org. And so they take vets who have lost arms or legs and train them in jujitsu. Oh, wow. First of all, if, if you're disabled like that, it's hard to do PT, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to find some place to do PT. And then what exactly are you going to do? You know, because you're imbalanced, right? But in jujitsu, you know anything about that? You, you fight martial arts by literally rolling on the floor. Right. So the balance doesn't really play that so factor. It doesn't matter. And so that's one of the things that helps vets who are disabled. So that's great. Another one was the Warrior Surf Foundation where they have a 12 week class. They teach you how to surf. But yes, at the same time, it's really about PTSD. So it's common to PTSD, like a 12 week class and they teach you how to surf. So it's kind of like if you're a golfer, I'm not a golfer, but if you're a golfer, you know, you go out, I've tried it once or twice. You can't focus on anything else in the world. If you're on the golf course, right, you have you, to you focus, focus on the golf. On one thing. Right. So there ain't no stress because you can't focus on stress because you can't concentrate on six things at once. It's just you know, same kind of thing for surfing or jujitsu. Right, right. And so, um, one of the radio stations, uh, Morning Bull. You know, a couple, couple weeks ago, I was, I was heading into a doctor's appointment early in the morning, and I heard them. They were doing pets for vets, right? And so um, people were donating five, ten bucks, twenty bucks, and I said, "Oh, that's a bunch of crap." So I called him up and I got on the radio and I said, hey, you know, my family served in all the branches of the military, yada, yada, yada. I make big stick bourbon. And one of the announcers said, hey, I've got your bottle in my bar at home. I said, cool. Well, hey, let me do something good. I'm going to donate 500 bucks for Pets for Vets. Wow, that's awesome. And I went to see them later on that day. And he, they said, um, you kicked it off, Mike. After that, all kinds of other business owners started come calling us. And I'm going to do 500. I'm going to do 1,000. Oh, yeah. 
Nice. So it went from 10 or 20 bucks to 500 bucks at a crack, 1,000 bucks at a crack. I just heard last week they raised over $100,000. Wow. Oh, that's wow. Amazing. So they were trying to raise nice. five grand for one pet. And this is the vets already have a dog. So it's like you said, for dog training, you, mm-hmm. you go mm-hmm. with your dog, but you already have to have the dog. So you and your dog go together for training classes. For, and it takes like five grand. Yes, I, I, we, did, we did the, um, we did the, uh, what was it? The, um, district four meeting, uh, early October. And they were, they had, uh, two of the, um, um, state guys that, that handled the training of service dogs and stuff like that. And they were right. telling us how it's, it is, uh, like he says, like $3,700 or, yeah, or, or yeah. about five it's grand total five grand. Yeah, to, total. for right. purchasing the pet, to training the pet before it actually. So for every veteran that gets, a service animal yeah. that's $5,000 of invested in time and so money to that. Five grand one day, from one, they, they extended it for the whole week, and the final tally is over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, wow that is awesome! That's good so, yeah, stuff right there. Put your big stick on the table, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. That's that, that, my wife, right see, and that's, 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 that's where, like, that's where, like, like, where I feel like, like, with a podcast, what we want to do is we want to support more businesses that do things such as that they right. give back to community because like like you said there's a lot of there's a lot of big name and i'm not saying that the big name corporations don't do anything but yeah you know right, right. they do what they do yeah. but you have the smaller guys in here and, and, and that's what i'm saying is like you've got a great company here you got a great product you got a great everything here i enjoy it i like it so far this, i'm definitely i'm gonna have yeah. two bottles in my house i mean this is gonna it's gonna be half but the fact that, you, like you said earlier, you're not a big company. You're a small company. You're still just starting up with, you know, or have, however long you've been doing it, but you're still not a, a conglomerate. Right. But you're still giving back to your community. Every and that is way. freaking awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I'm, I'm so glad that we have you on this podcast today because that's what we, we want. We want to support businesses and promote businesses that give back to community. Despite what they make, they still give back. Sure. Um, and so that, I mean, that's one of my main, like, uh, core values is I try to give back as much as I can. Um, even with doing comedy or what we do with our podcast. Yeah. Um, we've done a, we did, um, what was it last, not last October, the October previous where we had, uh, the, the breast cancer awareness show that we did in Sugarland, yeah. right? Yeah. And so on that one right there, it was really cool. Cause we had a, a comedian, uh, her name was Monique Marvez, very famous comedian. She's a amazing talent. Uh, she charges quite a bit of money for her show. When she found out what we were doing with breast cancer awareness, she's like, I tell you what, I'm going to do my show at one third of the cost that I charge you, but you got to promise that X amount of proceeds go to the breast cancer awareness wow. uh, foundation. Wow. And so yeah. we did, we, we gave, I think it was a uh, 30% of the ticket sales. I don't know. I, think I, I just know she did two shows for us. And she did two shows. And for it was less than what she normally charged for one went show. went to uh, the Susan B. Kuman uh, Foundation. Sure, sure. Because that's the only one I know. I, yeah. I'm not, I, wasn't, I didn't yeah, yeah, do enough yeah. research, but that's what I know. That's what I know uh, that um, we, we've, I've even done T-shirts where uh, we did T-shirts. Uh, like I was telling you about the T-shirts that we did for Breast Cancer Awareness. Yeah. Where uh, half the price of my T-shirt. So basically, I, I know how much I pay for my shirt. Right. So whatever past that the profit i would have made i yeah. gave that to the susan b cumin uh, and then it was a there were pink shirts that said uh saving tatas with hahas and so we saw the we saw the hell out of those shirts and, and and i i just i like to give back i i, I feel that's it's, it's an important thing to do to, to give back and so to find companies that do the same thing this is that's amazing well for uh, me too what i've learned a lot, i've met a, obviously a lot of wonderful people who are vets but for me that you know offense that's not good enough it's like tell me your story and I try to talk to other people and say, if you meet a vet, don't just say thanks for your service and walk away. Yeah. You know, ask them, what's your MOS? Mm-hmm. If right. Knows what MOS is, right? What's your MOS? Where'd you serve? What'd you do? You know, right. 
give me, give me two minutes of your time. And that's when they open up. And I found that like, especially with the PTSD, the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. Yeah. Right. If you just sit there and say, Oh, thanks for your service. See you bye. You know, yeah. grab a cup of coffee. It's okay. It's nice. It's, it's heartfelt and it's all good, but spend an extra minute or two and say, Hey, what'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they I mean, you, you never know that, that having that one little conversation with somebody who actually cares about what they went through yeah. might make a difference between them having a, a horrible day and it going totally wrong right. or having, you know what, that just rechanged yeah. everything I was thinking. You know what? I feel that pride again that I haven't felt in a long time because yeah. someone wanted to hear my story and I was able to tell my story. I got yeah. one letter from a guy who was probably three pages long. He was a sergeant, did three tours of Fallujah and lost like two thirds of his buddies in Fallujah. And mm. this story is incredible. I, I was going to bring it, but I said, you know, I'll cry yeah. if yeah. I read it online. You know, so yeah. it's just amazing, amazing yeah. what these guys go through. Yeah. Three tours of Fallujah, I went back and went back again. The lady that used to do our t-shirts, her, her dad was a Marine. He either got four or five Purple Hearts in Korea. They kept on asking oh, wow. him to go back. He, he'd lose his buddies. He'd wow. get shot. He'd go back. He'd get hurt. Go, go back, back again. Go back again. He was like on his fourth or fifth Purple Heart. And he said, I'm done. I can't go anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm spent. Wow. One Purple Heart alone is enough. It was either four. I forget. Four or five Purple Hearts. That's it's around here somewhere. You know. Oh, it's over there. But yeah, it's the kind of folks you meet. And she's she's just lady printing my T-shirts. You know, no big That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but as the glass sits out, it opens up the bouquet on this thing, and it gets so much smoother when yeah. you sip it down. Yeah, yeah. It just that 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 uh, alcohol burn it just almost yeah, disappears. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also don't know if y'all noticed this, but this is also Dave and our second glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bottle's from yeah, half gone. So I guess it's good. I'll All say right. this: I'll say this before we we break into the cigar thing. So I've always been proud of myself for having a big stick in the house. My own, you know. So for the first time, I'm going to have to introduce another big stick in my house. Yeah. <laughs> at least this way, you know, I don't feel so, you know, I don't feel so. This is a, gro- this is a grown this man's a drink. It's yeah, got it's the big stick. Man. Yeah, no, this is very good. <laughs> yeah, so there's going to be an additional big stick inside of the Blake house. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the punchline now. It's not quite Christmas, but... It, because I love you all and thank you very much. <laughs> so everybody gets an early Christmas gift. I'll be like Oprah Winfrey today. Oh. You get a bottle. You get oh, a bottle. Oh, yeah. right. Thank you. Awesome, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mike. I, I really appreciate that. Now I don't have to go buy one more bottle and I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can buy the second one. But there the we go. On me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm probably going to go buy a few because I have a lot of bourbon drinkers in my family. So now that we got with the bourbon and everything, it, 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 the bourbon tastes amazing. Um, we got to get the second part now, which is yeah. a cigar. So keeping in with today's uh, theme, uh, veterans and everything like that, today we are smoking the 5.556 millimeter Garrison. This is a, a Corojo uh, cigar. It's made by Warfighter Tobacco. Uh, yeah, there you go. Get that picture on there for it. So Warfighter Tobacco is, is it's a tobacco company out of, um, uh, is it Schultz, Schultz, Texas, I think it's. Shirts. Shirts. Shirts, Texas. Yeah. Shirts, Texas, which is south of, uh, south of San Antonio. It's not spelled like shirts. No, it's spelled S H U R T S or thing. No, S S C H E R T Z. There you go. He's got it. They got a great flea market out there. Yes. Yes, they do. Well, they also have, well, they also have tobacco, uh, warfighter tobacco out there. So this is cool because this company is, it's a, it's a tobacco company and they're all veterans. Now, if you go to their webpage, you see all their pictures and then they're just a bunch of, uh, just, just they did 
you know, they're like, you know, your regular veterans. They're, 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 they're all army, but at the same time, they like to play and, and bullshit around just like we like to do, you know? And, and so they're just a bunch of buddies that were in the military, got together, said, you know what? We like cigars. Let's start this tobacco company. Yeah. Check out the picture. You see the picture? That's an amazing picture right there. Yeah. So he's just goofing up. <laughs> That's the way we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's the thing. That's, He's like got a missile pretending that it's his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show it to the, the camera. Yeah. I mean, if you if you think about it, the stuff these guys do in order to uh, entertain themselves, you're kind of like, so looking back today, that wasn't a good idea back then. Like, that could have, like, gone pretty bad. That could have gone bad. <laughs> it could have lost that in the moment. But, like I said, so we have, today we're smoking their, their Corojo. It is a, um, it's wrapped in uh, a Corojo wrapper from Nicaragua. It's got a uh, Habano binder, which is uh, the, it's the inside part of it. And then it's filled with a combination of, of Habano, uh, three different levels of Habano uh, fillers. So it's just blended up and put in there. So um, it's supposed to give you a nice little spice and everything, which most Corojos are. So they're kind of got a good, a good spice to it, kind of like a, um, a leathery kind of flavor to it, which are the ones I prefer the most. They tend to go best with bourbons. That's why we went with the Corojo today. They're actually, so they actually have another cigar that I was really, really wanting to try. Um, it, it was their, um, their night shift cigar. And it's supposed to have like a citrus kind of flavor to it. Um, it's supposed to have a, a really creamy finish at it, but they were sold out, completely sold out by the time I got to this. So I was like, cool. We'll just go with the Corojo. So that's what we have here today is we have the Corojo. Like I said, it's, it's got the, it's, it's, it's a habano. It's going to have a nice, it says it's going to be a nice toasted oak kind of leathery flavor with a spice on it. But the cool thing is at the end of this one, it's going to have a more of a cocoa kind of creamy fill, uh, flavor at the end. Mm. So I think creamy it's going to be a huh? creamy filling. No, I said, <laughs> I said like an Oreo <laughs> flavor. Damn, Dave, what are you, what's with you and your feelings, man? What, what are you drunk today? I'm you not, said you were today, I'm, drunk. Today I'm actually sober, which is surprising. Most of when we do this podcast, and so this is the, this is the thing about Dave and everybody else that we have on the podcast. Their goal so far, because we have another co-host that comes in with us. His name is uh, Inspector Inspector Lou. He ain't able to join us today. Sweet Lou. Or he calls him Sweet Lou. But they have a goal every single podcast is just to get me drunk. So if you listen to the podcast, I start off very sober and, and, and intelligent and, and, and articulate. By midway to the end, I'm like, and it's, he it slurs let, and, and he doesn't let anybody else talk. I don't let nobody else talk. No, well, you know what though? But you knew that when y'all put me in charge of the podcast, <laughs> he just, he just I takes like over. to talk, <laughs> and that's what I do. So this is what we have today. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, try this out, and let's go ahead and uh, let's light it up and see how it goes. Uh, if y'all down, I got, I got. I, <laughs> What happened? So I burned my eggs and they went back. It was upside down. I burnt my damn shirt, my my belly. Yeah, that's I'm a not good drunk, way. I swear. That's a good not way to start. Yet. I got I got some charcoal in, in my in my glass here, and I was just, but you can't taste it, so it's awesome. Right side up. Oh yeah. Just saying, right side up. That's you're good. This way. Yeah. No, hey, hey Matt, I'm, I'm gonna need a new shirt, Matt. On the side, there you go. You. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no hole in it though. Those are flame retarded. Well, they were were by retarded today. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is nice. Why do I feel like your wife's gonna come in here and yell at us? She's not. She doesn't. She doesn't yell at me no more. That's she right. gave up on yelling at me. <laughs> she's realized. She, yeah, because she, she's realized. 
she really like, there's two things she's realized one I don't listen very well. I just don't. I've tried and I, I just can't. I'm, you try. I have. I, I, I try. I'm gonna listen this time. I try to do what she tells me to do, but <laughs> I I can't. There's something in me that just doesn't allow me. Mostly my memory. I don't remember half the shit she says. How's that been working out for you? Pretty good. She's I still here. Anything? She's still here. And the, and the second thing is, she gets she gives it up because at the end of the day, she's like, well, you know, he's gonna he does his comedy thing, and all the money he makes from that, he gives right back to me, so I can do whatever I want with it. So she's like, you know, as long as I do that, I'm good. I'm allowed to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> It's just like I can go out of town with no problem. She don't care if I go out of town at all. I'm like, boo, you're not like worried about me going out of town doing comedy. You don't f- afraid that maybe some of them groupies are gonna want to come home with me. And she just had looks at me, laughs. She's like, nah, ain't nobody trying to go home with me. Baby. <laughs> maybe the taco truck lady, but that's about it. <laughs> she she prefers like, when he goes on the road. <laughs> He's, don't you got a show this weekend? <laughs> So right off the bat, man, I don't get a lot of the spice. No, I'm but not. I do get I do get the toasted oak kind of flavor. I do get the leather, and that's what I like. So yeah. for me, I never get it, the flavor coming in, pulling in. It's on the excel where I actually get yeah. the uh, the. I, I guess you smell it, and and, and that smell uh, adds to the flavor of it. But I can I can get that leather, and I love that leather smell good. flavor to it. It's very subtle, right? Yeah, it's it real it's subtle. It's real smooth, real, like in your face. Smell it's it. it's like this. It just keeps just keeps getting more and more yeah. softer. I would tell you, yeah, your cigar is a lot better. Just well, I'm about to do. I'm about to try it out right now. <laughs> and that's no ice, no water either. Mm. Yeah, no. Ice, no I, I I don't. I started that way, but now it's just straight. Um, and I don't think I've like, ever. Unless you're making a drink with it, I don't think I've ever. Yeah. With, yeah. So, there is a thing behind it, though, and I'm going to let Mike explain that. There's a reason to put the ice in your bourbon. There's actual reason behind it. It's a chemical thing. Right, I'll let right. you explain that. Yeah. So, well, I, years ago when I was in the IT world, there's a bar in San Francisco called Hard Water. I go to conventions in San Francisco uh, when it was a much nicer city. And, um, they just cleaned it up, by the way. Oh, really? Just for yeah, a couple days. That's right. For the Chinese uh, so, president. So, yeah. they would have... You know, 500 bottles of whiskey on the wall. And if you say, well, can I get some ice or water with this? They would give you a little eyedropper. And that's it. No peanuts, no popcorn, no nothing. You get you get a glass, you get a snifter glass. And if you want some water with it, they give you a bottle with an eyedropper. And that's it. You only get two or three. And when you, when you taste whiskey, the, the, the traditional way is, right, you can take a sip or two straight. And then afterwards... At least in the old Irish ways, you put a couple drops of water in it because the water gets the evaporation process started and it releases the aromatics. Mm. So it gives you even more aroma when you put the when you put the few drops of whiskey in, mm. a few, mm. few drops of water rather in the okay. whiskey. Yeah. And so that's so why some t- people maybe just put one ice cube. Same kind of thing. The ice cube will just dilute just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just melt, or that's why everybody's in the new fads, the big ice cubes, big, right? right? Because they don't melt nearly as fast, right? right? Yeah. So it doesn't dilute it because too much ice or too much water. The worst thing you can do is the little tiny ice cubes, right? Right, because they melt really fast, and then you dilute it, you wind up drinking more water than whiskey. Oh, so, but mm, a couple drops of water doesn't really hurt anything. That's usually the traditional way. In Ireland, if you go to the bar, sometimes you want water and whiskey. They'll give you your your whiskey in a glass, and they'll give you a little pitcher just. So you can put a couple drops of water in again, yeah. the traditional way. Yeah. yeah, just to kind of open it up a little bit. That's all yeah, it does. Just for the nose. So yeah, I didn't know that until I started mm-hmm. researching bourbons and and, and whiskeys and things. And that's when I found that 
tradition. That's why they put that big block of ice cube because they know it's not going to melt, but it, it melts just right. enough to add the water to it to open up the flavor and everything. And, right. and no, what I will aromatics. say is a lot of our customers love old fashions. It's just mm-hmm. because it's a can't get those ice cubes in this glass. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's also ninety five. So it's almost twenty percent more alcohol, yeah. so it's got a lot more flavor. It holds up well. You, you do mix it. I can't wait to make one. Yeah, makes it Shoot. killer old fashioned. You don't, have, don't even need the smoke machine to do it. Yeah, you're, no. you're good to go. And I like smoked ones for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so, like the Glen Karens, the, so these Glen Karen, these Glen Karen glasses were specifically made for whiskey, for bourbon, things like that. Because one, the bowl, uh, the bowl on the bottom allows it to like swish around, so you can see the color and everything yep. like that. Yep. And then the way it's designed, the, the flute going towards, it's designed to pull the aromatic up there, so that you can put your nose in it. To get, oh, the, exactly. to get the smell, to get the nose. They actually designed these specifically the for bourbon and everything like that. And if you swirl around too, because you, it almost looks like a cognac in the glass, yep. you can see it's got the legs. It's got the legs. I saw that. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's got a really nice so color. I was told that you don't swish it around. You're supposed to roll it. So like you said, if you nice swish, and easy. spin yeah. it like that, then you release the gases or something like that. Probably so. I've been doing it like this for a while, just, but now I'm glad to know that you're bruising you roll it. it. You're, you're bruising it. Yeah, don't bruise it. You don't roll. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. So, what do y'all think about the cigar so far? How, I mean, how, the ones that have tried it. Uh, what are you I, thinking? I, so, I'm not a, I'm not a big cigar person. I do it on occasion. I got a good friend of mine, uh, ex football player, comes by. He smokes all these big giant cigars. So, so I've had some. I've had some cigars where I I smoke a cigar and I had a taste in my mouth for like two days afterward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, I've had that experience before with cigars, but this one is rather smooth. It doesn't have right. It's smooth. Harsh, it doesn't give you a harsh intake or outtake, so this is pretty good. Yeah, one of my one of the first cigars that I had was a. I can't think of the name right now, but uh, oh, Rocky! It was a Rocky Patel Maduro, okay, which is an older aged uh, leaf, and um, I think it was a Maduro all the way through, and so. This is just first year in smoking cigars. Probably not the cigar I should be smoking, but it was being featured at this, I think it was a, a, a brewery tasting, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had one and I had it all night long. And then like the next morning I get up, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I couldn't get out. It's like, yeah, I'm brushing my teeth yeah. and it's like, I still, and I'm, I'm doing yep. uh, the mouthwash three days yeah. before I finally got rid of that yeah. taste. It was like, it was horrible. It was oh it was God. rough. I've had that. I've had it that. was rough. These are great though. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big fan of Warfighter. I have been for a long time. I've actually Warfighter is the ones that kicked it off for me. Really? Yeah, it was about two years ago. I was in Beaumont, Texas. There was like some <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I was two years old. <laughs> I was two years old. <laughs> no, a couple of years ago in Beaumont, um, there was like some event. I forget what it was exactly, but it was like a you know food trucks and like a street fair thing mm-hmm. downtown Beaumont. And I was walking by with it. I was on a date, and I walked by, and I was just like, "What does that smell? Like, I love that. It smells like my childhood. Yeah. You know, that smells like lessons. Like that. It's just making me feel good. You yeah. know." And I followed the smell, and there was a Warfighter Tobacco had like a truck. They had a mobile smoking lounge, the whole cigar shop. Oh lounge, wow! Like yeah. in an RV type thing. Wow. Yeah. And it was all tricked out, tactical looking, painted green. And yeah, I went inside there and was just like, okay, tell yeah. me everything about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're a veteran owned uh, cigar company. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I've, I've been a big fan of Warfighter for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's something about when you find out that 
something that you're buying is veteran owned. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe for me, I guess it's a sense that you know if it's owned by veterans that they care about the product they're putting in. Like you know they're gonna go that extra. They're gonna go that extra mile because I mean one thing about being a veteran and 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 I'm speaking for myself on this part. When you do something. You care a lot about it. You you've been yeah. trained to go the 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 extra mile to accomplish the mission, to accomplish your goals. And I feel like when veterans put their name on something, they want to make sure that it's the best they possibly can have and put out there. So you know you're going to get a good product. You know you're going to get something that's going to taste good, that's going to work like it's supposed to. It's going to be made with some of the the best quality uh, materials that they can. So I think I like buying veteran owned uh, products because of that fact. I mean, just like for example, we're going to get so. We're still talking about the cigar because yeah. we, we want to finish talking about the cigar. Well, before about we move here? to them, I, I want to ask Mike a question. Tell us about the awards that you have right there on that. Oh, sure. Um, so uh, you can you can you can spend all your life applying for awards, right? And there are all kinds of rating agencies. We went for a couple a couple of ones that are international spirits competitions. So I think that's important because sometimes when you go to a liquor store, they'll say, "Well." Wine Enthusiast magazine rated this bourbon. Why did you submit to the wine magazine for a bourbon rating? It's like, oh, okay. I know why, because they'll give you a good rating. You know, that's why. But we went for Denver International Spirits Competition. So Denver gave us a gold medal. That's what this is here. Wow. Uh, The 91 points rating was New York International Spirits Competition. Oh, wow. So every time you do this, you've got to submit a couple hundred bucks here and there. And it's blind. You submit a bottle. You pay a few hundred dollars and you hope they give you a review, but you never know until after the fact. Right. right. So that's what, so we did, that's what we got. Uh, we got the gold medal there. We got a silver medal, San Francisco International Spirits Competition, 91 points, New York International Spirits. Got a bronze medal for package design for the actual bottle and design of the package. So, so we figured three or four is plenty. You know, yeah, for yeah. sure. We've that- done uh, other po- podcasts or Dan the Bourbon Man out of New York who gave us great ratings. There's, uh, Whiskey Wash Review, Whiskey Nomad, a lot of social media influencers have given us like four out of five stars or five out of five stars. So we've got all kinds of great reviews. We've beat out name brand products all the way around. I've done tastings with one, two, three, four hundred dollar bottles of bourbon. We've beat them. Wow. Some of the name brands, we've beat them out. Um, the only thing we need is more name recognition. You know, well, we, we've had, so we've, we we've had some name brand bra- bourbons here on our podcast. We've, we drank some. Um, we're not going to throw names out because I just, you know, we don't do that, but we've had them and, uh, I can confidently say on my part, you're on par. If not some of the ones that we've had, you've actually exceeded them. And that's for sure for me. That's for me. I don't know about for Dave, but no, for um, sure. We've never done a rating system though. Maybe we should look into doing that, huh? Dave, like start rating these bourbons as we get them in. I I feel like we, I don't think we can do a four or five thing. I think we'd have to do like a scale of 10. Because there's a lot I mean, of things I feel like guys, it's, it's good in the middle. Yeah, but you guys do bourbon and cigars. You should give it a cigar rate. One cigar, two cigar, three cigar. You know. Oh, yeah. There you go. Of stars, how, many cigar, how many cigar ratings? So uh, let's see. We'll, let's do a scale of what? You want to do a scale of five or you want to do a scale of ten? What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> five, maybe. Yeah. Scale of five? Yeah. All right. So let's go around. The, let's, let's do this, Dan. Mikey, you're going to be here for the first rating okay. of your bourbon no, and the first pain. rating on Smell pain. My Bourbon. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. I'm going to do, I'm going to go last, but since we have a panel of people here today, we're going to let everybody kind of give a rating and then we'll give you an average at the end of the, of the show. I, I'm going to do the math in my head. I don't know. Maybe we're going to figure it out. I got fingers. <laughs> well, what, right, so what we're going to we... go around first. We're going to go. I want to start over here with our buddies from Triple Threat Vet. Oh, we'll putting... start off with Matt. Matt. 
putting the pressure on that, man. That's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go five. I've had a lot, but it's it's smooth. It's good. You can taste all of the, the hints in there that you were saying, but you can taste different every time. Like from one glass pour to another, it tastes a little bit different, which is good. I like that. I don't like having to, you know, it's, you try to figure out what it is. I've been to a lot of tastings. They're like, do you taste the hint of all these things? Which I appreciate that you said, whatever you taste is what you taste. Right. It's up to you. I like that too. So I appreciate that, but it's it's delicious. It's good. Yeah, it's it's tough when you, when you read some reviews of these people. Well, I have these hints or these notes of this and all that. Not everybody has a palate that's that sensitive. You're going to taste what you taste. And no one can tell you. No, that you're wrong. No, you're, that you don't have my tongue. This is what I taste. Yeah, there's only been one other place I've gone, uh, actually on a tour, and they were kind of that same way. They're like, we could tell you all this stuff, but I want to hear from all you guys. What do you taste? What do you? And that's, they, that, that's better. They pulled from the crowd rather than telling you you should taste, and I think it's hilarious. You go into these things, and oh, I'll be yeah. sitting next to Scott, and they're like, you should be tasting this. Yeah. And there's one guy in the room, oh, my God, I, I taste yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it. You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you just slam that thing, dude. And, 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 yeah. and you're going to taste a little bit of apple. And I do. I taste the apple. Yeah. My God, it's like eating apple pie. As they talk to yeah. you, yeah, then yeah. you're going to be like, oh, I it's do taste. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's subconscious. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's that word? That, um, subliminal. Oh, it's subliminal. Subliminal messaging. Uh, so how about you, Blake? Where are we at? What's your rating, buddy? All right. So one to five cigars. Where are we at? So we're, we're doing the bourbon. We're doing the bourbon. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing the rating okay. of cigars. So we're giving it one to five cigars. cigars. All right. So I will just tell you, anybody who knows me knows, I'm going to tell you, if it's, I'm going to tell you if it's good. I'm going to tell you if it's not. I'm going to tell you if it's so far or not. But I will say I've had bourbon before where I taste it. It tastes like straight alcohol. Like it just, ah. This right here gives me holiday, gives me family, gives me want to sit down and have a conversation. So for me, as as a bourbon rating, I would be hard pressed to say this is five. This is a five. So five cigars. All right. Absolutely. Five cigars for me. Awesome. So for Blake, five cigars. So um, over here to my left, Eric knows Article Fifteen comedy. What do we? What do we? What are we getting rate from you? I'm at an easy five. Easy five. five. He didn't even. Yeah. No explanation. Five Straight enthusiastic up five. cigars up. And, yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So five cigars. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So over here to my left again, uh, my co-host, Mr. Dave Jokes. What are we looking at, brother? All right. Well, I'm I'm taking a look at. Um, I look at a lot of different things. I look at the color. I really, really like the color. Okay. I also am into aesthetics. Okay. I'm I'm that type of person. I'll look at a cigar or I'll look at a bottle, and if I don't like the label, yeah. I may not pick it up. That that I may be missing on some a lot of good stuff, unless somebody tells me no. Forget about the label; it's more of what's inside the label, you know. But that's just the way I am. I'm into looks, you know. That's how I pick my wife. So um, <laughs> good thing she didn't use that skill. <laughs> I know she was. She, she I definitely won that deal. Um, so for me. All of that combined, plus the taste and everything, I'm gonna be a little bit stricter. Uh, but you should appreciate that. I'm gonna, I definitely four and a half, if not a little bit li- uh, higher, and only because I still got a lot of more bourbon to taste. So, <laughs> well, I want to say this too. This is, I think, a bourbon that's not just like for sitting around smoking cigars out of a fancy glass. It's perfect for that. 
but I think it could also be enjoyed like in a trailer park, standing on a porch, screaming. At <laughs> it's it's for the masses. Yeah, this is a bourbon you can take anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's um, something that I was going to say. This is something that you can have on a daily basis, or something that you can share at, like you said, family at a get together for a special occasion that you're going to bring at bring out to somebody that you want to impress and say, hey, look at this, give this a try. If they don't already know about it. And I would just say the the only reason why I even went with a five is because I have to look at it and say, if I could, what would I what could I improve on it? Right. What what could what could make it better? And for what it for for it being bourbon and for what I would like to sit and have it for, I I couldn't think of anything. Like, honestly, this is is a good who made it here. I just really look at things like, okay, if if I have something, what could be what could I what could we make it better? Right? Exactly. If exactly. I if I can't say anything right off the top, like some people say, well, you know, it's too strong. It burns the chest. It would be great if it didn't burn when it was going down. I don't get any of that. So it's very smooth. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have anything. It's very smooth. Say. The only way you can make it better is to put titties on it. <laughs> <laughs> smooth. 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 Right. So that's why this works because this is smooth. There's no nipples on there. So just, 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 just put the cap. Just put a cap on the titty. Yeah. Put a cap on the titty and just suck it off. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> this bourbon is smooth as Barbie tits. <laughs> that, could that could be I'll your next. That could be your advertising. Make a T-shirt. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I've already designed that. Okay. How about so, you, my man? That's, so so that's why I wanted to save mine for less because I'm like I'm like with Dave. I want I do. I don't want to be a hard ass about it just for the sake of being a hard ass, but I do want to give it a fair rating. And and again, I told you I, I love it. It's it's amazing. It's a it's a beautiful bourbon. It's it's I'm like well, Dave. I'm very big on the aesthetics of the bottle. I've bought so many bourbons based on just how the bottle looked, with not even knowing how the bourbon itself inside tasted. And uh, and sometimes I've been like, all right, point on. And there's been sometimes I'm like, oh damn, what was I thinking? That was horrible. Uh, I better I want to do that again. Um, aesthetic wise, it's a beautiful bottle. Now that I know the history behind it and the thought process that went to it, I love it that much more. Yeah, it's, it's very dear appreciation. To um, the color, love the color. I love that darkish amber color. It kind of looks like a lager in, in a way. And I love that. I love that color. I love the, I, I found for me that the bourbons that have that darker lager kind of color tend to have the better flavor that I enjoy because I've had the ones that are kind of light and they taste more corny. Uh, excuse the pun. I mean, but they more more of a corn kind of sweet kind of flavor. I don't like that. They that's the ones that tend to lead more toward an alcohol flavor less than a than the flavor that I want from the barrel. So I I love the color. I love the 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 presentation of it. Um, I'm gonna go with four point eight, four point eight cigars. Uh, I, I want to go over five. I do. I want to go over five, but I feel like the four point eight is is it's right on on point. Like you said, there's got to be room for improvement, give or take a little bit. But well, I mean, if you're I because just, just trying to sound smart, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. The reason the reason I did the four point eight because I feel like if you just gave out fives all the time, yeah, then then your five is no longer anything. But ladies it's, and gentlemen, keep in mind this is he's had two glasses already. I've had three, sir. He's Thank you very much. Oh, this is third one. So just one three already. I'm going to have this fourth one here in a minute. So this is a very good bourbon. I give it a four point eight. Uh, I think it's 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 an amazing bourbon. It's something that needs to be on the shelf. You know what I like about your bourbon? Your bourbon is the kind of bourbon like they were saying earlier. Like he was saying, it reminds him of family. You could drink it at home by yourself. You want to share it with friends. But it's also something that I could see at at corporate events. Oh, yeah. I could see you oh, yeah. wanting to share this at uh at, at some some kind of 
you know, fancy little ball or whatever. This should be where we were at Wednesday. This bourbon should be there. Um, we, we need to talk to them next time we go there. But, um, I feel like it fits all the occasions. There's, there, this would not be out of place anywhere. There are some bourbons that you can have and you're like, oh, that it's nice. It's real, but I'm it almost tastes a little bit, it, it tastes a little bit too fancy. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. only, I'm only going to no. drink this on special occasion or I'm only going to drink it at, at certain places. There's some bourbons like that. Then you have some bourbons like, yeah, that's your throw the mill bourbon. Just throw it in there. We'll just drink whatever. This right here doesn't have that. This is an, Anywhere, any situation, this is going to be a, an amazing bourbon. Whether you're dealing with your buddies at home, and and this is a bourbon I want to share. I don't want this bourbon just for myself. I want to share this with my friends. This is yeah. something I want to have people coming over to drink with me. You know what? Fuck, I'm going to revise my shit. It's a five. It's a five cigar. <laughs> I talked myself into the five. It's a five. It was a third drink. It was a third drink. Third time's a charm. Well, 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 my thought is this is definitely something that would probably taste great in an old fashioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I would not want to waste it in an old fashioned. I, I would do it on my own to try it in an old fashioned just for myself. Mm-hmm. But if I give it to somebody, I want them to have the same experience I had with yeah, it. This yeah, this is First definitely off. not one that you go, yeah. oh my God, wait till you taste this old fashioned. You're like, yeah. nah. You got to taste those. So, so yeah. the first cocktails we tried, okay, so again, this is karma, but we introduced the product literally two weeks before COVID hit. Oh, wow. So, how's that for timing? When we got our first restaurant was a, a very nice Tobio Sushi restaurant in Katy, Texas, five-star sushi place. We made a samurai stick cocktail. So that was like a traditional uh, old-fashioned, but with a Japanese twist on it. They used turbinado sugar instead of regular sugar. Okay. And they infused it with black tea, dark oh. black tea. Oh, okay. So, and then you put the bitters in it like a fish, yeah. but they call it a samurai stick. And it went over like gangbusters. Wow. So, yeah. So, if you want to do something really nice, a real high-end cocktail, like an old-fashioned or a Manhattan, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I wouldn't object. Like I said, it's America. You buy it, you're the customer. If you're happy, I'm happy. You know, but And I'm a big old-fashioned person. Uh, Eric can attest for, uh, can attest for this. <laughs> Anytime... I look. <laughs> it's not the alcohol that made me say contest. I understood what I did, Dave. Quit looking at me like that. I'm not... Bro, I'm not... <laughs> You're not what? I'm not. I'm not buzzed, dude. <laughs> shit, I'm drunk as shit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm anyways, third attempt. That's what I was saying. Just Eric, Eric can attest for this. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. Good thing he's Eric, driving. Eric can, Eric can attest for this, though. Too bad the camera's um, on that. Normally, when I go out, whenever I go out the, and I order a drink, the first thing I always order is a um, old fashioned, and that's how I judge how that bar right. presents their alcohol. He, he can know. We went to Georgetown. What's the first thing at that restaurant? I asked him for an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. We did that show Wednesday. They're like, oh, we didn't drink. I want an old fashioned because I want one. I want to taste what kind of bourbon they feel is a good bourbon. Right. Because if you're going to give me an old fashioned, I expect you to use your best bourbon yeah. because I want. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, they don't do that all the time. Well, I would expect if you're going to give me your best, I want to get the best. Bottom you know, shelf yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. Well, Margins. But, you know, I, I always go off of the, off the uh, old fashions, you know. Sure, sure. Because, and then, of course, you know, if, if, if I, if I want to just drink bourbon, then I know what, if they don't have what I want, I have to go with the old fashioned. If they don't have the bourbon that I want to drink. So one uh, other suggestion, I, another one of my favorites is called the Sicilian stick. So Sicilian stick is you put a shot of bourbon in there, you put half a shot of Averna Amaro, Italian Amaro liqueur. And then you put a dash of bitters, maybe a dash of vanilla. So that's a little twist on it too. If you okay. use the Italian, I'm gonna need to get that written down. Yeah, when yeah. I leave, big stick spirits, Instagram, Facebook, all that good I mean, stuff. But I'll okay. write it down okay. for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll just go straight there. But yeah, samurai anyway. stick, Sicilian stick, anything like that. Yeah. So I've actually yeah. made these on again. My Are you sure? Set at home with the recipes on the yeah, stuff, yeah. all this and yeah. 
So, well, congratulations awesome. to you, man. I, like I said, this is this is awesome. Thank you. To, to, to be able to do something and and have a goal, have a dream, put it together, put it to fruition, and you know, come up with a product like this, man. I know it's a lot of hard work, a lot of stuff that you don't. You're not going to get the credit for because it's behind the scenes, but... Well, so the reason I'm here is not just for me or advertising the bourbon, but it's like... like <laughs> he like didn't said, leave any. We talked about this half hour ago. What's your story? Yeah. Why, why are you here? Why are you a veteran? What did you do? You know... Yeah. Give me your... Yeah. So, well, I, I think... We're, we're, we're actually about to get to that next. I, I think okay. this is okay. a good time to switch to them. Yeah, that's where we're getting ready to switch to next. But okay. just real quick before we go, the bottle's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wonder who did that. So last bit of news. Pop out the stopper. Use the stick in your smoker. Mm. Oh, oh, and then you can smoke off the flavor. Yeah. Dude, that is amazing. Yeah. So, so the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. Yeah. So real quick. <laughs> um, so Mike, again, bourbon, amazing. Uh, the cigar, this this uh, five five six Garrison from uh, Warfighter Tobacco, an amazing cigar. In my opinion, a great freaking cigar. One of the, it's it's definitely a must have. I love the, the 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 care they put into it. The wrapping was was wonderful. It, it was tight. The the smoke all the way through so far has been consistent, and it's got it did get that kind of smooth flavor towards the end of it, right? Yeah, it's, it started it's burning little, really it's, good right now. Really good burn. I, I want to I want to try their other. Their other well, lines. so what we're going to do, I'm, I already talked to the owners at Warfighter Tobacco, and they're going to put me on a list to let me know when the, the uh, Night Shift cigar comes back in, because they didn't expect it to sell as quickly as it did. So when they ordered their first batch of that Night of that uh, night Shift cigar, well, it went like that. And I'm literally, it's only been a month's time since I saw it on there, and I was going to order it, and then it was just sold out. So they said they should be getting some more, hopefully, within the next week or so. Um, so as soon as they do come in, I'll get those on order, so we'll have that for uh, the next uh, podcast we would do. We'll do, we'll do that. We'll do their uh, cigar. Another one of their cigars, a different brand, uh, a different, uh, flavor. That's, that's, we'll just, we'll do, they'll get a double feature. Uh, so with that being said, I want to move the show along a little bit more. So I want to go to our first set of guests here. I want to introduce the world to triple threat vets. So guys, tell us about you guys. I want to, we want to know about how y'all got started. Uh, I want to know a bit, a little bit of y'all's history. I want to know some of y'all's military history, some of y'all's everything. So go ahead, guys. Y'all, the show is y'all's. I should go first yeah, because yeah, once he talks, then anything that I say is not going to be cool at all. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey. So, 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 all be said, we're we're only half of that crew, right? So we have Ty Cobb. He's our producer, our engineer. He's the magic man behind everything that you see when we go live on our podcast. And we got our man Al Hero. He's kind of the X factor. Oh yeah. You never know what the hell's going to happen yeah. when he's yeah. in the room. But uh, so he's in Florida. Ty's in, on his way. Thanksgiving week for family, so he couldn't be here. But uh, we're just we're just only half of the crew. But uh, me and myself, like I said earlier, joined the Navy uh, out of Texas. So I uh, went into the Navy, did twenty two and a half years. I did uh, time in the Seabees, so I did uh, heavy construction. Worked a lot with the Marine Corps. Like you know, they they tried to say we were the uh, Marine Corps JV. I guess when I was in the Navy, <laughs> the JV. <laughs> they were kind of right though. They were kind of right. They were kind of right. And then uh, once 9-11 hit, I had orders. I was getting married. I went into recruiting duty after 9-11. And the only reason they let me go is because I was going to recruiting. Because at that point, right, it's super important. So uh, I go to recruiting duty, and then that's pretty much where I stayed. I retired as a recruiter. It was just one of those things about taking people from, you know, not having a lot of anything. They send you a letter and tell you uh, how much they appreciate what you've done for them and, you know, why they're where they're at. And so I, I pretty much stayed there. Um, and then upon retirement, I retired in 2019, 
I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up, which I think we're all still trying to do that in some form or fashion. Same. For sure. So uh, getting out, I've done real estate. I've done uh, recruiting. Like I, ha- I have a recruiting job now, but the thing that uh, I what do kind of, now that I'm most excited for, what's that? What kind of recruiting do you do? I'm just curious. Uh, so I do staffing for military housing. Oh, that's awesome. All the people that fix that's the cool. stuff when you live in base housing, that's who we, we recruit to. Uh, but the thing that we're trying to work out the most, the thing that we're building is the t-shirt brand. So I, I co-own with my wife, uh, got your six culture. It's a, a t-shirt brand that was born out of a drawing. So my son and I were watching a movie with my wife and like all good men, we went to sleep halfway through. That means it was probably one she picked. Probably. No, uh, no offense, no offense. But then when we woke up the next day, she had drawn our original logo and said, would you wear that on a t-shirt? So, of course, we were like, fuck yeah, we would. And so then that just took us down the YouTube journey to figure out how to do screen printing and how to make it and how to do it and how to cure it and all that. So uh, we operate out of our garage. We make shirts, our own brand. We make company shirts, and that's what we're starting to build and grow. And we're very, very fortunate because, uh, like you guys, 95.5, we have a lot of shirts that we co-brand with nonprofits. And so what we do is we give 25% of that shirt that's bought back to the nonprofit. So every year... We just cut them a check for the amount of shirts that they were bought or sold. And then we do uh, charity fundraisers. Last night at the VFW, as a matter of fact, we were able to donate $7,000 to Project Zero from a golf tournament this year. Oh, nice. And, yeah, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, That so was a great night. We just we lead everything with giving back. We're not really concerned with how much we make. It's cool to make money, but it's better to make a difference, right? And so our big thing is first responders and veterans. You know, I was in the military, and, and I'm proud of that service, but my wife comes from a huge law enforcement first responder background. And so part of that is uh, how many first responders in the law enforcement and the firefighters do you see people running up to and going, thank you for your service? They really don't do that. But when I would walk around in a uniform, people want to buy you stuff. They want to tell you thank you, and you're like, man. You don't know how important these other guys are until the house is on fire. Mm-hmm. Someone's trying to break in. Now they're really important. So well, a lot of service members, if they're MPs, they leave the service. Sure. They become police officers, right? And it's a it's a good second career for the sure. guys to jump into because it feels like home. Yeah. You know, same kind of like mindset, well, mentality, same yeah, yeah. camaraderie. Yeah. Well, that, one of our other charities, Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation. Yep. Coincidentally, if you heard of them, they give scholarships to kids who've lost parents, either in the service or or as a police officer. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so it's a combination. I'm going to look that one up because we're always looking for charities to, to partner up with. Foundation. Yeah. And it's funny because for us, when we go into a room, my wife and I, and we'll go up to a nonprofit and just straight tell them like, hey, do you guys want to make a shirt? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Like a right. shirt. We'll make it. We'll put your shit on it and we'll give you money. And they're like, what's the catch? No catch. We just, it's just, you got to give back, right? If they're PTSD or they're trying to help people through, you know, not being able to reconnect back into civilian life, whatever we can do to help, that's what we do. And so that's part of what we are. And then finally, uh, I just know four cool guys or three cool guys. I mean, I'm cool because I'm with them, but. uh, (laughs) And see, that's, that's the important thing right there is when you find a group of guys that you get together, you vibe together and y'all have a good time together. Yeah. And the funny part is that. Ty, who does all our producing, we had a 30-minute lunch at a VFW conference, and that's where that started. And that's how y'all met? Yeah. Was that a, at that's a VFW conference? Not that one a couple years ago, yeah. And then <laughs> Al, who's on the podcast, I was in recruiting with in, like a while ago, and then me and, and Blake here met 
here in Houston. And they're probably the three guys that I could tell you that if I had an issue or a problem, it doesn't matter what's going on. They'll answer the phone all the time. And so when we were all like, we should do that, like we just brought each other together and now it's just off and running. And then y'all's podcast, just saying from my point of view, is freaking awesome. Because I, I, for one, I was a guest because Eric invited me and they invited me. So we were, we were guests on their podcast. But after that, I was like, you know what? I want to see what they got because I had so much fun on their podcast <laughs> because it was fun. It was, it was like hanging out with buddies. Yeah. We were just weren't in the same room, but we were all hanging out together, just telling stories, laughing. And I was like, man, this is really cool. But I was wondering, was it just cool because me and Eric were on it? Is that what made it cool? Or are they normally <laughs> just cool? Absolutely. That was the best rated show ever. So I, I've been tuning in. I've been tuning in on Thursdays to listen to their podcast. And it's cool. Every single guest they have, they just, there's just this, this, you can just, you can tell that these four guys are buddies. Yeah. They are, you would think that they were, they were neighbors hanging out together, taking their kids to softball or baseball together and stuff like that. And, and Al is crazy. Al, that dude is, that's my kind of dude right there. Wait, Al, Al's wait till somewhere. you, wait till you meet him in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. He has a trick or a stunt or a, uh-huh. a, a gallery impressive event that you guys are going to be like, what in the fuck is wrong with that guy? Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I get that just from that podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. Y'all's podcast is amazing. I, and I enjoy listening to you guys because it's, again, it's fun. I can tune in and I can just be watching. And if I just put a comment on it, they're going to read my comment. Yeah. They're going to interact with me. And you're going to feel like you're part of that show. You're not watching the show. You're part of that show with them. And I think that's something y'all do phenomenally. Now that I know what you're doing with Gotcha 6, I already knew Gotcha 6. One great product. They prov- they provide the shirts for Article 15 comedy. Uh, they hopefully will be, be providing shirts for Smell My Bourbon uh, yeah. here in the next couple of months. Be on the lookout. And uh, but I already know the quality of your shirts were great. I already knew uh, the service is great because y'all guys were quick with it. I mean, he drove all the way down to Victoria Friday night because we were they were doing our yeah. shirts. They weren't quite ready when we needed them. And he's like, you know what? Just go do your show. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. He drove. Two and a half hours to Victoria to bring us shirts wow. so that we had them. That's him. That's Who do you know is going to do that? You know, It's about the service, right? Like if you look at anything from an, a standpoint of getting into business, right? I'm providing a service for somebody. If I told you it's going to be ready by that day, I'll get it to you. may not be the time you want it, but you will have it in your hands that day. I mean, that's just what it's all about because, you know, when you're in the military and it's it's just leading on from that. Like you couldn't miss, I mean, you could miss movement if you wanted, right? Didn't have to get on the boat when it pulled out of the port, but it probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, but listen, you, you weren't in the Navy, all. dude. You were like, yeah. I was supposed to get on the boat. I was in the, mer- no, whatever. But it's, you know, it's, it's important to make sure that everybody understands and has a good experience. And that's why, you know, in everything we do, we send mock-ups. We'll give people... As many chances they want to revise something. That's probably something bad to say in that graphic design industry, but we're just on the, the realm of like, it's, it's your shirt, right? I know. Because you're not happy. Because most companies will give you two free mock ups. And then they're like, this is what you get. Like, how fair is that? Like, really, dude? Like, I should have just had you do it all by yourself in the beginning and then I should have just dealt with it. But we want to make sure it's what you want, right? Well, We've sent we've sent shirts to people without ever even winning their business to be like this is what it'll look like. Yeah. 
And every time we've done it, and this has been well, it's kind of Idaho. What you did with yeah. us. You guys just yeah. surprised us with this design. Yep. Yep. And we were like, oh, yeah. Let's oh, these are the shirts y'all did? Yes. Yeah, those are the new ones. Yeah, yeah, those are nice. Ones. Well, actually, well, Mike, are, Mike's got the newest one. Those are one offs, right? The new ones are Mike's Mike, got the newest uh, one. He's yeah. got it. He, he'll get it real yeah, quick. Yeah, you, you no. got to be an OG to have one of those. No, oh, okay. Those are green. They're the olive green. Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, look at that. That is so awesome. I love that, dude. So, I mean, it was... I seriously get hyped up when I see it. What happened was they said, oh, we're looking for a new design, right? So, my wife is very, very artistic and, and, and she thinks with that brain. Like, she paints, she draws, she does the whole nine. So, she was like, all right, cool. So, me, I'm not that guy. Right. So, I'm like internet searching. I'm like, what can we come up with that would be like, you got in trouble, right? I'm like... Googling like Article 15, what image can I put with it? What's going on? And then she walks up 30 minutes. What do you think of that? I was like, holy shit. That's why y'all See no evil, hear no evil, right. speak no evil. Oh, that's perfect. And then we just put it on the shirt, right? Just to show you what it is. If you don't like it, you got a free shirt out of it. Whatever. All right. So I'm going to ask a question because I'm a civilian. So Article 15 is what? That means you got in a lot of trouble. Okay. You probably lost a lot of money. and uh, You definitely lost rank. Yeah, you lost the pay grade. Your wife's mad as shit when you come home because One now you got less below. money. You're a misfit. You're a misfit. Give us an example. So if you send an email out to your team in the civilian world and it's not quite politically correct and you get reprimanded and if it happens again, you're going to get fired – that's kind of yeah. the equivalent of an Article 15. Okay. So basically you they take money from you. Yeah. So basically, you did something that was not acceptable, but it wasn't quite yet criminal. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you go to Article 15. In other words, it started off. This is what Article 15 This is what Article 15 means to me. It means you did something that was really, really fun and you had a great time. <laughs> and now you got to pay for it. Because <laughs> I don't think anybody's got Article 15 for yeah, some yeah. shit that they didn't enjoy doing. Yeah, my friends are police officers say, if you want to go out and have a good time, that's great. <laughs> if you're having a really good time, it's probably illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, has everybody experienced that? No. No. Yeah. Well, uh, me and Eric have. That's like, <laughs> we're in the Article yeah. 15 comedy tour. I put a turtle on somebody's pants one time and it didn't go over the road very well. So. A turtle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A turtle. Beat him, on the, beat him on the private and everything went bad. It started off as a joke, ended up pretty bad. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never, I never experienced any of that. Me wait, wait, personally, wait, but. wait till somebody puts a little person in right. your pants. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Bite you on your privates. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Look, he's uncomfortable now. Isn't he? Yeah, he's got, he's got he's he's like, uh, he got a, he got a mental, yeah. mental picture of that. Well, and with that, we'll turn it over to him. Yeah, let's turn it over to Blake now and find out uh, yes. what's the Blake story. Uh, so, so myself, um, short, trying to keep it short, following that, the mat is kind of hard, but for me, I, uh, I'm a old Navy chief. Uh, before I joined the Navy, I was in a, in a, in a cross in my life where, you know, gangs and trouble was, I was neck and neck with it. Uh, went from pretty much every year I was getting shot at or some stab, something was happening. Um, so I knew I had to, I had to make a change. I had to make a difference. It was either I was going to go all the way to the right, which was going to end me in prison or jail. Like my two best friends, I had one that got a 94 year sentence and one that got a 64 year sentence. Wow. wow. Good news is both of them are out this year. It was crazy how the world turns around, but, um, 
I, I ended up going into a recruiting station and I, I went in on the 8th of October. On the 18th of October, I was in boot camp. So, you know, the Navy, I, I have so much passion for it because it changed my life so much that it literally saved my life. I know that the military saved my life. I know if I would have stayed home, I wouldn't be here today to, to even have this conversation. Um, so I, I joined the Navy in 98. Uh, I went to boot camp and I got selected to go to the ceremonial guard. Ceremonial guard is like the presidential part of the military. So I went from hanging with gang members and getting shot at to where one day I wake up and I'm doing ceremonies in the White House and the Pentagon and all this stuff. And uh, I had the honor of putting a lot of fallen soldiers, uh, sailors to their last grace. I carried caskets for the uh, for the ceremonial guard for two years. So I went, you know, wow, I, 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 I done that part. So I saw a lot of the final parts, you know, of, of military. Uh, I can remember standing on the, you know, standing in the ceremonial ranks in Arlington Cemetery. And you're just looking at all of those tombstones with all the, you know, you got a date that they started and then the line and then the date that it was over. And you just see that every day. So I got to a point where I had no, we had to, we had to cover up our emotion, right? You couldn't show any emotion. You're standing there like a statue all the time. The president comes across, you're like a statue. You, you see, you see, you're putting somebody to their final resting place. You can't show any emotion. You're hearing families crying and you're seeing these, these moments when the coal got, when the coal got blown up, when the show, the coal got hit, we had to carry those, uh, those remains and coming off a plane and hearing those cries from the mothers and man, it, it tears you up inside. But I went through this stage of where not being able to show any emotion to now you leave that and then real things happen. And I struggled a lot with trying to, figure out how to show emotion for anything, right? Um, but I, I came from that and I went recruiting. I did recruiting for about 14 years. That's why I met Matt in recruiting. Um, and the, and the, the reason why Matt is so dear to me as a person is because he was one of those people when I was going through the roughest stage in my life, going through divorce and, you know, you got all these people talking about what's going on in your life and you, you're trying to hold it together. You're still trying to be a chief. He always provided me a place to where I can go in his office, shut the door, and he say, hey, buddy, what's going on? And we would be able to talk. And he would just, he would let me vent. He would let me talk. But I, I knew he understood what I was going through and what I had to, to shield and still portray as a man, you know, trying to lead other sailors and trying to keep that, you know, body of armor up to still be the person that I was. It was difficult, but you can't express that to everybody, right? It's like, you know, Mike Tyson gets in the ring to fight all the time, but you never know what he's dealing with on the outside until it's, until it overcame him, which caused him to crash. But I would say this person here has helped me to where I didn't crash. Well, that's awesome. And my, my wife was like, man, why does Matt always check for you so hard? I say, man, I don't know. That's, this is, this is my brother. Yeah. I'm the type of guy. I don't see color. I don't see race. I don't, I'm, I'm the person who can go into a room. I could be the only black oh, shit. I'm the only black person now. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it, right? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Never. When I meet somebody, I don't look at them as to say this is he's this he's that he's that. I I genuinely try to find out the person because I feel like we all have the same thing. We're going to start and we're going to finish. It's what we do in the middle that that that. Final, what is it? What's the word I want to say? That that 
Well, I mean, the it thing describes that I think you what we are. Time, what you say all the time is you know, you've got the start and you got the finish. Yeah. And that thing that's in the middle, yeah, that's where you that's, realize that's where you, yeah. what you were put here to do. Yeah, which that's is right. That's what defines you. You figure it that's out. That's your defining yeah. moments. So when it came to the podcast and doing it, it's like me and Matt. Even now, we got to, we work at the same job, but it was just like one of those things where I know where where his heart lies. I know where mine lies. Meeting Ty and understanding the person that he was, and also with our hero, we all generally had this thing that is not motivated by money or. What we're going to get out of it is just more so just being ourselves and, and pulling people together to try to provide help whenever we can provide help. Yeah. Uh, I, I DJ because I love to see people have a good time. I love to see people dance so I can I can play some country music. I can play. I try to feel people out to kind of see what it is that's going to make them move. But I'm just one of those people who like to bring people together. My, even at the house, my wife is like, who is coming over now? Like, hey, you know, this person needs a place to stay. They're welcome to come over here. Just like how you did, Mike. You you came and you fed us. And just just that warm hospitality, it it, it resonates with me a lot. Um, but I I did the podcast. I do the podcast because I, I'm genuinely interested in everybody's story. I feel like everybody has a journey. Everybody has a story. Being able to, to, to do this and enjoy some things like bourbon and cigars and good conversation with people is, is, is who I am. So that's pretty much in a nutshell who, who I am as, as, a, as a person, why I do this kind of stuff. No matter how far we have to drive or go, I'm like, hey, you yeah. want to do it? Let's go. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. If he needs help with T-shirts, he's like, hey, man, if you need help wrapping up your DJ stuff, I'm with you. It's just yeah. that that camaraderie that we share as having – uh, been in the service and having to know that we were all pulled away from our families. The only thing that we had is each other, right? It's, it's never about you. You don't go into war because you want to be in war, right? But one thing that motivates you to get through war is that I'm trying to keep this person alive. He's trying to keep me alive. And we know that we got to get through it. And that's what I think when you talk about veterans and why we do what we do is because we do it for us. Right. All the other stuff is it's, it's just white noise at, at a sense. So when we hear people say thank you for your service and stuff like that, sometimes it's like eh, I don't like to ask for military discounts and stuff like that. But you know when you when you hear it, you're like, hey, you don't understand, man. I, w- I would do it all over again. Like I say, the military saved my life, so anything I can do to give back is is why I do it. So having this podcast and having it with my brothers means a lot. I, I, I like I said, we don't know where we're gonna go. We just kind of put things together as we go along but having you guys come on man like the other thing is i have a genuine love for comedy (laughs) now this is the thing so when i was a kid everybody in my family said man you need to be a comedian because i would i would get into character at my grandmother's house and i would stay in it for a whole year like i had this character i did as an old man i would walk up be an old man. I talk to him as an old man. I would never come out of it. My grandma was like, okay, you can stop now, but I wouldn't do it because I, I wanted to do that. Can we get a sample of that character? <laughs> uh, I, now, I want to hear this, this old man character now. Mike wants to come too. Open up another bottle. <laughs> there you go. So you open up another bottle that helps. I, 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 would get in, I would get into these characters. I had one as an old man. I had one that was a, a, was a pimp. I had, you know, but I, I would just... I would just do it because I try to embellish that and, and people were entertained by it, but I never had the guts like you guys to get on stage and, and run it out there like you guys do. Well, no, I, I mean, the I way you it. do though, cause you're a DJ. So you, you, you have that same guts that we have to get on stage. You get on stage, yeah. you play music, you, you direct 
the liveliness of a party. Yeah. Every single time you're there, whether it be weddings, whether it be uh, uh, public events, right. you are the director of everybody's good time. Yeah. So you're already doing it. Yeah. You're not even realizing that you're doing yeah, it because you're right up front. Yeah. Uh, state center. Yeah. There's DJ. So, yeah, so I, I, I take it. I say, you know what? The come when I look and see you guys get up there and do it, I'm like, man, these guys are killing it. And I know myself, it, it would take me a long time. Like you said, you got 15 something years of doing it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna dare jump up there and just go out. But music, I, I feel like it's a, it's a combination because I can be funny and I can do music and do what I love though. So it fits. So, it's your niche. It's where yeah, you feel comfortable. That's what my thing. niche is. But yeah, so. That's it in a nutshell for me, man. I mean, like I said, I don't have all the awesomeness like my brother. Are you kidding me? Man, you did, you like, you're like, you're worried about following up behind Matt. I'm, I'm, worried, I'm worried for Eric to follow up behind you now. <laughs> Eric's in here with Matt. I've seen uh, Eric live, man. He's got this, he's got this thing now. Yeah. All right, so real quick, uh, Triple Threat Vets and everything like that. Okay, so y'all y'all have y'all's podcast. Yes. Um, what can they expect from y'all's podcast when they do watch it? People who haven't tuned into mm. Triple Threat Vets, what can they expect from Triple Threat Vets? Well, you could expect a whole lot of uh, craziness from our hero for sure. Uh, I, I think that people don't. <laughs> I, I think that if you offend very <laughs> easy, if you're offended very you easy, don't, you don't take our heroes <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's but, all I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, but our, our podcast, yeah. I, I, I think that you're going to be able to find some the camaraderie. It's going to be a lot of camaraderie, whether if you are a veteran or if you are. A family member of a veteran, or just somebody who knows somebody, I, I think it's it can be geared toward that perspective. But also, you don't have to be a veteran or know anybody to be a veteran. You just want to be entertained by just the conversations that we're having, whether when it goes into sports or whatever's happening in the world. But we're just open to just bringing people together. I would think. Yeah, I think that the one thing that we try to portray. Since we're all recently out, a couple right. of years, right? Mm-hmm. We've been mm-hmm. out for a couple of years. Is showing veterans through the guests that we bring on. Some of them are pretty guys that have yeah. made it pretty far in the military, you know, to show them that just because you're getting out, that that chapter doesn't end. Right. Like you don't have to not try anymore, right? right? And right. it's hard. And so there's still days that people, I can, I, I can point at myself and there's days where it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Right. Right. But at the end of the day, just bringing people on to give people a perspective of what it means to actually separate and still be a part of something is, is what's important. Right. And so the guests that we bring on are people that we, we want to hear their story, but the more important part isn't where they started. It's where they're going. Right. Tell us what you're going, what you're doing and you know, what's important. So. Yeah, yeah, what what, awesome. uh, what platform do y'all use? I mean, is it, is it just on YouTube or? No, so we stream live to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch every Thursday at eight. But then uh, it's we're we're now up and running. Um, all of them will be there soon. Spotify, Apple, okay, Stitcher, iHeart, anything that you can get a podcast yeah. on will be there. Um, and uh, the the biggest part is is the live shows are on Thursdays, but I think we have a lot more people that watch it after. But yeah. you can catch any of our episodes on Facebook at our at our Triple Threat Vets page. Um, you can get on our YouTube channel; you'll see them, and they're just all there to look at. But every Thursday at eight, yeah. we stream. Live. Okay. Do you you have social media for the podcast itself? Yeah. So on our Facebook page, we have Facebook, Instagram, what do TikTok? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good with that. Other people are, but we have yeah. all the social medias. But the biggest ones for us is uh, Facebook and YouTube because that's where we stream live to. Yeah. But then okay. we do have Instagram pages and stuff like that. The biggest thing is Facebook for us. If you yeah. follow there, you'll see a lot of this. All right. Yeah, because you, you can catch them. They pop up yeah. on my Facebook feed all the time. Like, hey, 
triple threat vets are online live. And so I, I usually just jump in real quick because I like to see who they have, who they're interviewing, what's going on. I like to hear, uh, Blake's here. I like what they call him. It's DJ. It's DJ on the thing. I like to hear DJ because he has this, uh, this part of the show where he asked you 10 hot seat questions. Yeah. And, and I was very upset because last time when we were on the show, Eric got to be in the hot seat, but they were like, no, nobody gives a fuck about Mike has yeah, to say yeah. about the hot seat. We're not going to ask Mike no questions. Oh, yeah, we're going to get you back in on the hot seat. Sure. But hey, real quick before we, we move on. Um, so I noticed on every single shirt that, that, that got your six culture puts out, there's a flag yeah. and the same. Can you please tell us about that saying real quick before we sure. move on? Because I really think it's, it's important. And I think it's an awesome saying. Yeah. So. Like I said before, for the Got Your Six brand, what we're building, it's all about veterans and first responders. It's it's community, country, everybody you know serves. So the flag itself is not something that we created. If you've looked at the flag on our shirts, it's the first responder flag, right? Law enforcement, firefighters, dispatchers, military members, nurses, EMS, that's going to be down the flag. But the bottom of the flag says same flag, same oath, which we trademarked the phrase and uh, the reason we put that phrase is whether you're a, a military member, firefighter, law enforcement officer, everybody takes an oath to serve something, whether it's your country or your community. It doesn't matter. It's all for the United States of America, right? Keep our communities free, keep them safe, or to keep our country free. And that's the reason for that. So every shirt we make has that first responder flag on it with the phrase because that's what we do it all for. And then there's another logo on the back of each shirt that you'll see that's a, it looks like a target right mm-hmm. so if you look mm-hmm. at it it's six o'clock it's got our branding in the middle of it but at the bottom of it it's got morse code and the morse code says got your six cultures so trying to to interweave all those things that you would see just to kind of give that that look of uh no matter who you are what you've done if you're there to serve somebody that's who we want to celebrate and got your six that has a meaning right uh, yeah, yeah, for those yeah. who aren't in the military, what does it mean by yeah. when you say, I got your six? Let me try it. Cause I see, cause for a long time, I didn't know. I used to hear people say, man, I got your six. I'm like, what? I'm like, ass, A-S-S. That's only three letters. That cover, cover your six. I never was able to put it together. So I had to ask one time what it was. So if you look at a clock, you got 12 o'clock and then six o'clock, right? So if I'm at 12 o'clock and somebody's at six, that means they're directly behind me. So when you say you got your six, it's like, I'm covering your back. Got your back. So I was finally able to get that. I thought it was, Man, I, I've heard it so many times, but my man Matt always, you know, got to keep So you're telling everybody you got their back. You got their back. And if you look at uh, – it doesn't matter what first responder or military unit you're in, whether it's military, law enforcement, firefighter, EMSs, anybody, if they're going into something, yeah. someone is telling them, I got your six, yeah. we're good, just go do what you got to do. Yeah. And in any instance where you've seen that, the person that hears I got your six, there's no other care in the world. They don't care about anything else that's going yeah. on behind them. They they're just going to trust in that guy. Who's got they're going to do what they got to do yeah. because they yeah. know somebody back there is going to make sure that they're able to do what they need to do to take care of whatever it is. And yeah. so that's Have you ever seen the news reports on TV? People can say usually a team of four people. The yep. first one's yeah. a door knocker. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. In, they're the door knockers because they're going to go find the bad guys. They're the first yep. one in taking the bullet. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's always a person in the rear that's looking behind right. you up at the rooftops, right. pointing the rifle at the rooftops someplace else. Well, so the other guys know they can just keep marching forward. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Same thing with firefighters. When a firefighter yeah. goes into See, a fire, yeah. you got yeah. your entry guys, and then you got your guys in the back that are covering with the fire. They're the ones that are making sure 
because they they always do they work in pairs. Yeah. So that whole it, so I see where it plays into everything. So yeah, you know, dude, that's, that's amazing. Tapping shoulders, right. making sure if you don't get tapped, you know you're the last guy, and you just you got to look yeah. out. For and, and, and that's amazing. Zero that, dark thirty. Yeah. 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 Best but even on the other end of it, like you know, seeing how you and Eric are. You know what I mean, you guys got each other six, no matter what. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, so. It, it just it just kind of coincides with everything in life. Sometimes your wife might have your six. So basically, at this yeah. point, that that becomes more of a, a, a core value, a yeah. lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not just a it's not yeah. just something you say. It's something that you believe yeah. and you live by, and it can yeah. it can translate to any people. any aspect of your life. Right. Having someone's back, no matter what, right. through thick and thin. And and, and you're right. It, it can go. It translates yeah. to your wife. That's what you say when you get married. You know, sick yep. through uh, sickness and and, and health and. And all the other wonderful stuff. So you got your six. Yeah. That's exactly. where I'm living, rich or poor, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm living more on the poor part of it, but yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's overall, it's just really, you know, it's a support system, right? If you have like minded people that do things for the right reason, it's always going to work out well, right? Yeah. And so for us, we will talk to everybody. We, we've told people we didn't want to work with them before. Because after you get to know them, you kind of figure out what it is. What kind of person they are. Or, or what's most important, right? Yeah. I mean, we could make a ton of money doing other things, but why would you? Right? Exactly. So it's it, it's that void, right? We now have people to give back to, just like we did when we were in. There's always someone you can give to. Always, always somebody, somebody you can, you can support. Yeah. There's always somebody sick you needed to have. There's always somebody that was there for you as well, and that's what we're trying to be. That's side. awesome, dude. Hey, guys, thank y'all so much for everything yeah, that you'll do. We appreciate you. No, we ain't done yet. You ain't having you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're just Uh-oh. moving forward a little bit. We ain't done. <laughs> hot for you. Blake's already like, yeah, thanks for having us. I'm out of your <laughs> no, no, feet. No, no, no. I didn't have my burger, <laughs> my bourbon, and my cigar. I'm you gone. You got more on the counter. I'm just on the way out. <laughs> All right. So, go, we're going to keep on moving along here now. So, the next person I want to inter- introduce here is a very good friend of mine, a very good friend of the show, a uh, very good friend, like I said, a an honorary compadre, a part of my original comedy group, Los Comedy Compadres. Uh, he's been one of my very good friends uh, since I've met him. He's like you said, like you said earlier, he's got uh, he's got my six, I got his six. Yeah. This is somebody I consider a brother, and I'm proud to be able to introduce him today with his new venture, our new venture that we're working together. Yeah. So please take out of it there. All right, gracias, Mike. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, so I. So what do you want me to talk about? The tour? Talk about you. Talk about the tour. Talk about a little bit of everything. I, I would start off with the tour probably. Like, you know, well, what you're doing, and then, then well, we'll talk about your story. Well, we let we, t- we they told us about how they got into the military. Okay, yeah. Let's go so, start. Okay, Eric. I, I'm, I'm start curious. off. Well, first of all, there was an officer. Everybody, yeah. Eric Knowles. This is Eric Knowles. <laughs> yeah. right, because so. I've known him for a while, and, and I, I, all I know is that he was a Marine, and he tells the story about his dick at attention. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's the whole story. That's all I got. That's how he did the Marines. <laughs> yeah, no, I joined the Marine Corps in uh, 1998. Um, I joined uh, as an air traffic controller, actually. Then I got sent to air traffic control school, and I uh, failed out of that after about a month, uh, just because I was partying. I was, a, <laughs> I was, par- I was, yeah, it was just, yeah. It wasn't one of those schools where you could party all night and get up and. Yeah. Pass the test. Yeah. Like you actually had to start. <laughs> but uh, so luckily, I got shifted over to uh, airframe school, which was weird because I've never been mechanically inclined at all. But this was my only option, you know. So now I was like, oh, so I have to be a helicopter mechanic. 
for the next five years. All right, let's figure this out. Yeah. But the good news is you, you could party all night and still pass the test. Totally could. Yeah. 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 I loved airframe school. Yeah. Yeah. They gave a diagram. So he's like, I think I can follow this. Yeah, yeah. I can pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was a helicopter mechanic. I, I ended up being an uh, eye level, intermediate level hydraulics uh, technician. Uh, so I worked on hydraulics components, uh, actuators, and uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and like actuators, like, I don't know. it all worked. It all worked when yeah, they left. Right. It was so good. The next time you're flying in a helicopter, right. just know that your mechanic was seriously. He could tell you righty yeah. tighty lefty loosey. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I was faking the funk the whole time. I was, I was just trying to. I was just trying to do what I saw other guys doing. Like, I'm doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab the wrench. <laughs> yeah. The scary part is there was a lot of other guys like me. <laughs> Were you part of the crew of people that said, don't worry, if it's leaking, that means we filled the oil before you took off? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that before. <laughs> no, I actually don't want to throw everybody under the bus with me. I was surrounded by a lot of locked on guys, hard chargers who really kept us safe and they did their jobs impeccably and i was trying to blend in with that crowd and and i did too really you know i tried to use a little comedic effect but uh it and that was an amazing thing just that i had i was able to learn such intricate uh knowledge of an aircraft that i had no idea about you know i was i specialized in ch-53 echo super stallions and ch-46s uh we call them frogs and shitters uh, they, well, they call, and shitters. Well, they call the 53s shitters because they just blow out this. It, they just leak so much hydraulic fluid that it leaves a black trail. It burns off and leaves a black trail. No stealth in that yeah. No, you're not sneaking up on anybody. You, you knew where they were coming right there. Like, hey, look, there it goes. What's the biggest one we got? It's the size of a, of a like a Greyhound bus. Oh, but, uh, oh. but yeah, so I did that for a long time. And uh, in the Marines, um, I wasn't. Uh, a competitive stellar marine. I had trouble uh, with attention to detail, um, being places on time, you know. <laughs> authority in general. Yeah, <laughs> all those things. All those things the marines were real, real, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real tight asses about it. I was know. not the poster. <laughs> just saying, like, you can't be drunk at work when you're working on helicopters. I'm like, I'm not that drunk. <laughs> Like, is there a level here? That we yeah, drunk no spectrum. Like, Liquid lunch. Look it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got in a lot of trouble. I got in, uh, I caught Article 15s uh, left and right. I had to go see the man five times. Uh, I had to stand six and centered at his desk five different times. I lost rank three of those times. A couple of times I was able to smooth talk my way out of it a little bit. Um, and that all happened within the first couple of years through a, a whole series of events that would be a whole different podcast. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a whole hour dedicated to how he got in trouble. Yeah, the first couple of years was all trouble. I had this huge reputation of being this dirt bag, this what they call a shit bag, you know. <laughs> uh, so I was just in trouble all the time, uh, even when I didn't even do anything. <laughs> they were like, we knew you did it. Yeah. He's like, I was really trying this time. Yeah. What are you talking about? I would hear my name being called like from across the building. Like, hey, Knowles. Like, they just found some mess. And they're like, Knowles. I'm like, it wasn't me. Like, he, he was basically like the stepchild in there. Like, you know, when you hear him calling out when you're in trouble, they call you by your full name. That was Eric's poor case every yeah. time. Yeah. Eric Knowles, get your... Like, oh, damn it. 
They didn't even call him private no more. Yeah. Or specialist. It's just Eric Knowles. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, you know, I made it through. I was always uh, joking around and everything. And like the, so the first time I ever did stand up was in the Marines. I was ordered to do it as a punishment because I was always cracking everybody up. And uh, this one guy was pissed at me, Sergeant Santiestevan, good friend of mine today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was one of these guys, like, he liked me, so he didn't want to write me up and have any more paperwork on me just because I cracked a joke and made him, uh, <laughs> made everybody laugh at him, you know, or what. Yeah. I don't even remember what I said. It was like one of those that's what she said moments where he was trying to <laughs> give a serious talk. But he's, uh, so <clears throat> instead of writing me up as a punishment, he signed me up for the Squadron Christmas Party Talent Show. It's where I, he's like, you think you're funny? Well, now you got to do it in front of the whole oh, squadron. Wow. The whole chain of command is going to be there. The CO gives away $100 for the top prize. And I had been to these before in the years past, and they sucked. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, are you sure this is a punishment? <laughs> yeah, because this Christmas party is like mandatory fun day. Yeah. you got to be there. you got to sign in. you got to stay the whole eight hours. Then one you picture. Can, then you can go to Christmas <laughs> yeah. break. Yeah, one picture. <laughs> um, and it sucked. And the, the talent show was always like somebody's kid playing the flute or somebody doing a poem. Yeah. Or like the some nerd. He's so good. He's yeah. good. Some <laughs> nerd. Yeah. Hercules. Some Hercules. nerd doing a Star Trek impression or something. <laughs> I can speak Klingon. <laughs> so I had to be a part of that. So, but I, you know, uh, I took it as a real challenge. I had about two weeks to prepare, and I wrote a bunch of material, and I just completely roasted the whole chain of command. From I started with Sergeant Santi Esteban, just lit him up. And went to the staff sergeant, then the gunny, then the squadron gunny, which was like, that was the worst one because he was this hardcore dude. He was one of the guys that did not like me. You know, <laughs> he saw me as like a cancer that needed to be pushed out of his core. You know, <laughs> one of those guys that was not in my core, Marine, yeah. not in my Marine Corps. You know, oh, hell no, goodness. we got to get this guy out of here. But uh, I roasted him pretty bad. So how did that turn out for you? I won the talent show. <laughs> Everybody but one person was super happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't funny at all. Yeah. But that's where that's where the comedy bug bit me, you yeah. know. And I didn't even realize that I was doing stand up per se. I was just, you know, it was talking like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a skit, you know. <laughs> And I did it to stay out of trouble. But then, like, uh, people would show up at my barracks on the weekends, you know, and be like, hey, no, this guy wasn't there. Do the thing you said about this guy, you know. And so I would repeat it. And then, like, uh, one thing led to another. Then I have a microphone. You know, like, somebody pulled out their little karaoke machine and had a microphone. (laughs) And uh, so weekend after weekend, people would gather. And then, you know, they got tired of that. So I started writing new material every week. And I just had started doing a show, like almost every weekend in the nice. barracks. People would gather around, like, "No, is going to do his thing," yeah. you know. <laughs> and it became like this really cool thing. And I liked the way it it made me feel. I liked the way that, uh, as I told stories, I could see like a something in people. Like mm-hmm. their posture was really dialed in. They're leaning mm-hmm. forward. They're mm-hmm. hanging on every word, you know. And I really liked that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it boosted my ego or whatever. But. Uh, I knew I was doing something, like I was having an effect on people, and it took me a long time to really figure out what that was. Um, but after I got out of the Marine Corps, I uh, was just, I had a regular job uh, working on helicopters for the DOD, but as a civilian now, I still did. Hey, I'm not giving it up. I'm going to keep trying. It was the only real skill I had on paper. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so much safer yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I did it for five more years, man. After taking all those flights. Right? Yeah. 
if you if you watch your show, he like every time he's like ah, so he didn't even work. He's like, you know what? I think uh, I'm really gonna get this shit as a civilian. Yeah, it's gonna work. I promise. Yeah, well, those guys that I worked with, I was always killing it at the lunch table, you know, just holding court, make, making everybody laugh, doing my thing. And I've always been that way, just class clown. I wasn't doing anything special, I thought. Uh, but these guys were always like, man, you should be a comedian. And I've heard that all my life. Like, you should be a comedian. You you, you should be a comedian. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I didn't really put much stock in that or really yeah. think about what it meant. But one day, somebody brought a newspaper to me, and they had found this ad in the newspaper uh, for one of the local comedy clubs in San Diego doing a stand-up comedy workshop. It's like learn the tools to become a stand-up comedian. And then it's an eight-week thing. You go in once a week and you work on this. You built, you know, I went and did it. We built an act and then they have this showcase show where you do a real show in the comedy club. So you invite all your family and friends and uh, all my coworkers came and and then it was just over then, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I had a really supportive group and they would show up to the open mics, you know, for a little while. After a little while, they were like, you're going to do the same jokes again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how this works. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not right yet. I have to fix them. You know? But uh, that's, I've just been going ever since. That was uh, 16 years ago. Um, and, you know, in 2016, I won a couple of awards. I won uh, the Veterans Choice Award for Best Comedian in Los Angeles. That was like a televised oh, yeah, event sponsored by Coca-Cola. Uh, Paul Rodriguez was the host. Oh, wow. Dick Van Dyke actually presented me the award. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of a cool thing. Uh, yeah. Um, and then later that year, I won the World Series of Comedy, which is a, a nationwide stand-up comedy competition uh, where you do all these satellite events. And it, it's kind of like the World Series of Poker, where it works up to the main event in Las Vegas. And I got it down to the top 10 comedians. And I went in and won first place there. And so I won a lot of work. I didn't win a, a cash prize. I won, yeah. I won promises of work from yeah. you know all the, com- all the comedy clubs in the country um so i used that and i just started touring um doing stand-up working the road and then when covid happened and and, you know it shut down all the social gatherings Mm -hmm. so for all of the comedians and gig workers of all kinds you know our schedules were just wiped to zero Mm -hmm. and then i was like well this is like the only skill i really have like I, I did not plan for this as the worst case yeah, scenario. Right. Yeah. And I didn't leave my helicopter job gracefully. <laughs> I was like, fuck you guys, I'm getting famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so 2020 rolls around. I'm not famous yet. Uh, and there's no more work. So I had to figure out my own way, you know, um, and after they lifted all the mandates, uh, it was just a, a gold rush of comedians trying to get those bookings, you know, and there's just not enough for everybody. There's only 52 weekends in a year um, for each club. So I said, well, you know, let me regroup, you know, and I, I, I spent a lot of months thinking about what comedy is for me and what I want out of it. You know, I was like, do I want to start all over pretty much and get back into this rat race? Um and I thought about all the places comedy had taken me over the years. And some, and I thought about my favorite shows. And all of those were like uh, these opportunities where I got to go overseas and entertain the troops. I've gotten to go back to the Middle East twice with Armed Forces Entertainment. Uh, I was in Baghdad on the 4th of July one year, you know, entertaining oh, the troops. That nice. was really cool. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, had a, I, had a, I still have a tour called uh, The Veterans of Comedy. 
which uh, started with just me and two guys, and it's turned into like this nationwide network of comedians who are veterans. And they, you know, and we go around and we entertain the troops, and we do fundraisers for veteran organizations and all kinds of cool stuff. And that's grown into a thing that where they don't even need me anymore. I've turned them loose, and they're out there working. And I can still go work with them anytime I want. But, you know, I'm uh, having kids and I'm living in Texas. And uh, so I'm just trying to, like, make my own lane in comedy. So I thought, man, my favorite thing to do is per perform for troops and be around veterans and work for veterans and raise money for them um, and give them healing laughter. Because that, and that's more than just a saying for me that laughter is the best medicine. Like, laughter... It, to my to my soul to my knowledge is real real medicine it really really does something magical. i agree like uh there's something almost spiritual to it i mean if you really think about it it's like for a long time i thought of myself as like a medicine man because mm. you know when i was living in california i was smoking a lot of pot and having, having weird <laughs> thoughts you know medicine but I, was, but I was like look at what we're doing man like we're <laughs> think about what a comedy show is <laughs> It's very tribal. It's the same thing as like what they would do in uh, ancient civilizations. Like strangers would get together around. It'd be dark except for one light, you know, and they'd listen to this guy. Just like the Native Americans would um, when the medicine man, the medicine man lived yeah. out amongst in the yeah. woods. He didn't, yeah. he didn't yeah. live yeah. in the teepees with everybody else. He was out there eating mushrooms and licking frogs and doing crazy <laughs> stuff, you know. He's on a spiritual journey. His whole life is just, he's out there thinking about it, you know. And every now and then, Medicine Man would come into the village and everybody would sit around a fire and he would tell them stories. And they were funny stories, too. They would laugh. There were, in a lot of the Native American culture, you know, there's stories about the coyote. He's a, like a troublemaker. He was a really funny character. Right. And But there are deep lessons in it. And people get together and they laugh and they breathe in a rhythm, you know, and breathing in a rhythm, I think, makes something happen. Like, it almost is like tribal, you know, when a bunch of strangers get together and they're all, when a comic is killing it, he uses timing. So he's got you on a rhythm. Everybody's breathing the same. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, ho, ho. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? You know, it's almost the same. You know? uh, but I really love that. So I thought, why not go where they are? And so I called a VFW and said, hey, you guys want to do a comedy show? And they're like, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. And I'm thinking about the pay structure. Like, can I make any money? You know, and I said, uh, they said, I said, well, all right, so I'll keep all the tickets. And they were like, fine, we'll keep the, we'll get drinks and serve food and we'll get new members. And we're super happy about it. And I was like, really? I never got a 100% door deal at any comedy club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, they're paying me a flat rate of like <clears throat> a thousand for the weekend and they made eight thousand. You know, I've all my career, I've been seeing this business model where I'm seeing the whole pie and mm -hmm. I'm seeing the little sliver of a slice they give me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what did you do? I had right, all the right, talent. Right. I drove here we across the country. We have the building. And I, yeah, we have the building. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we called it. you. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it hasn't been a goldmine for me, but it's been just amazing with how many people we've touched. And uh, the idea of it is not just for me to be able to do comedy shows. Um, it's to it's like a double-edged sword because also we get civilians who have never even been inside of a VFW. They get, we get them inside there, and they get to hear the veteran perspective. Excuse me, the bourbon. And... They, <laughs> 
and they it's get It's great to, the second time around. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better the attic than the basement. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> True. Yeah, but Article 15 is bringing uh, vet, uh, you know uh, civilian people, re- regular non-veterans, into the VFW, and they're hearing our perspective, and they're learning about the VFW and all the cool stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, younger veterans who don't go to the VFW might, you know, have, are coming in, and they're learning that, like, okay, it ain't just a bunch of old dudes playing mm-hmm. cribbage and bingo, bingo, you know. Yeah. Um, they play cornhole too now, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cornhole. Yeah, I mean, we're doing cool stuff. Yeah, and I just want to see the VFW stay alive. It's a, it's an important part of our history, and I think uh, if I have anything to say about it, it'll be important an important part of our future too. Yeah. And so, uh, the name of the tour is again. The name of the tour is Article Fifteen Comedy Tour. Yeah. And then, so you picked that name because. Well, you know, veterans recognize that as like, oh, these guys are troublemakers. You know? All right, these, it kind of legitimizes us. This right, like, we're going to be, be funny. They're yeah. going to be good because, again, like I said, article, every Article Fifteen started with a good time. Yeah, so. I wouldn't want to go see the Locked On Squared Away comedy show. Yeah, yeah. 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 the high speed, low yeah, drag. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, I have a question for you three guys, uh, or Mike too. So oh we, shit! Thanks, we, thanks, Dave. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, well, fuck me. You guys. I guess. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Three guys. Oh, no, these four the guys. End. These four guys. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you guys uh, signed on, right, to military service. When you when you signed on that dotted line, did you have any intention that you were going to make it a career? No. 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 I give myself two weeks. Yeah. I said two weeks. They're going to kick me out, man. Send me back home. I even really? told, That's I told so my funny. cousin, man, when I when I left, I said he's like, man. What are you doing, man? You about to go to the main? I say, I said, man, I'll be back in two weeks. First time somebody tells me do some push-ups or do some <laughs> shit like slap that, the man, shit's not happening. <laughs> yeah, right. I ain't doing that. But I, I was running away from, yeah, from you know from, what I mean. Yeah. I was running away from whatever I was running away from, and I just thought I just needed time. I just needed, I, I just needed something clear because, like I said, every the guidance weekend, you yeah. needed, you needed somebody to give you structure yeah, in your life because your life was already point, crazy. I would go to the club on the weekend, but I get out of the car and somebody starts shooting. Yeah. I'm on the ground, I get up, and get my clothes all messed up. I got to drive back home. I'm like, man, I'm tired of this. So, oh, yeah. so I see what it's up. He's like, hell, he's like, I'm yeah, getting shot out every weekend. I might as well get paid and, for and it. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I got shot at more in the, in the states at home than I ever did in the military, which is the craziest thing. So, yeah, I, that was for me. Yeah, not not too many drive-bys on boats. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. No, not a lot. <laughs> No, I was I was gonna do my first enlistment and then get out. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna get away. I wanted to get away from home. Wanted to be my own person, and then uh, just figure it out. And I mean, four years came fast, and you were like, "Oh, I don't know, what I'm gonna do. I got, I'll stay a couple more years." I mean, but by then, you're just rolling, right? But it That's was funny because not for me. Like I. I, I was so delusional. <laughs> the, re- the recruiter told me about all of it. You know, I was like, all I gotta do is 20. Like, I'll do, I, I needed something to do anyway. Like, I don't have anything. Yeah. I'm so do, glad I met you. Yeah, I'll go do it. And even in boot camp, I was super motivated uh, in boot camp. You know, I, I had this, I was like, well, I'm gonna be a drill instructor. That's what I'm gonna be. That looks fun. Yeah. Cause those guys were comedians. Yeah. But there was like, that was the, the thing about it of boot camp for me was the Marine Corps drill instructors 
were hilarious. Yes. And you weren't allowed to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You had to stand at attention while he's doing a bit. He's acting it out. His yeah. partner's helping him. Like, yeah. sometimes they would do stuff, and I was like, man, that was rehearsed. They, were, they, were, they do they were, this to every yeah. cycle, I bet. That was yeah. hilarious. They were at the Costello, but in nice uniforms yeah. in, in yeah. World Square Away. And they're inside the it's drill like, instructor office after they leave you going, like, did you see those motherfuckers? Right. Yeah, yeah like, we were missing awesome. a canteen. They had it the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe, my buddy, says the, the greatest comedy movie of all time was uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. I met it's, him in person. Actually. Me too. So my answer would be just the opposite. I graduated college with electrical engineering degree, and I wanted to join. I wanted to be an Air Force pilot. That was like Top Gunner. So I went to sign up, and I couldn't get a pilot's contract because mm. my eyes weren't. Oh, yeah. You, oh, had, yeah. you know, nowadays you get LASIK. My eyes weren't good enough. And they said, uh, it's like... I don't want a desk job, dude. I'm not that kind of guy, you know, so I, I never went through with it. But mm. if he would, like, I met, um, just last month, I met a naval officer, flew F-14s, but he was a Rio, sat in the back seat. Mm. I said, you know what? If they would have told me I could fly in the oh, back yeah. seat of an F-15, or F- I would have signed up in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. could wear glasses in the back seat. But, yeah. You couldn't get in the front. Yeah. But so, yeah, that was a weird twist. So I <laughs> wanted to make it a career but I, I figured it's like okay this ain't happening i'll go do something else yeah, yeah. when I, when i was in high school i thought about the military uh because i had an uncle that served well i had a couple that served two three served in in the army they did uh tours in vietnam and i got one of them that will not talk about his time there will not talk about it so he saw some shit right yeah, yeah and sure. um then i have one that was a little bit uh past their time and he did some time in the air force and i remember seeing him over in san antonio and it's like oh this is cool so i thought about the air force and then me and some friends were talking about it. he says dude you know who goes into the military it's like who people that don't know what to do with their lives mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like uh, and i was kind of halfway there i was like yeah. thinking about what i wanted to do and then this program came up for radiology at, at my uh, uh local julian college and so i looked into it and got in it and never thought about it again that same guy that that told me is like the guy that doesn't that goes in the military does not want to doesn't know what he wants to do he went to baylor graduated four-year degree went into the military what i didn't know is if you get a college degree you go in as as an officer mm-hmm. yep. yep right <laughs> and so he he put in his time in the military right. i had no it's idea like, about that either it's <laughs> like jesus so i, I, I would have been learned like so i can't go from private all the way up to general yeah. <laughs> You can, <laughs> but you got to do some like, stuff. Wait a minute, yeah. they get to start at 01? Like, yeah, like, so mad. Yeah. yeah, Article 15 thing kind of gets in there. Look at Mike with a good no, joke. I, I think I'd have been a good officer. <laughs> yeah, because I could have been rehearsing all the bits yeah. and making sure they knew what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, my thing was, um, I don't know, we, we grew up, um, I'm the oldest of three uh, brothers and sisters and everything, and um, my dad was a construction worker. He did insulation whatnot like that. My mom worked, um, she worked various jobs until she finally got in with the government. So, um, growing up, I was the oldest and everybody was always like, you gotta lead by example. You know, your, your brother's looking at you, your sisters look at you. I'm the oldest out of all the grandchildren. So, you know, their cousins are looking toward you. You gotta figure out what you're gonna do because you're leading them by example. So I'm like 17, 18 years old. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Um, I wanted to go to college. I knew that, but we just, we didn't have the money for it. And at the time, I didn't know about grants and all this other stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I don't know. And I, I definitely wanted to get out of the house. 
because I was tired of being under my dad's rule. Yep. My house, my rules. If you want to do whatever you want to do, well, you can get your own goddamn house. You can do whatever the hell you want to do then. So I was like, you know what? One day I was you know, at school kicking rocks, just like trying to just figure it out. And like at that point, I was kind of pissed off with my dad. I was like, man, I don't know. Tired of listening to that man. Tired of him telling him what to do. And then the recruiter happened to show up that day at the lunchroom. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show all them motherfuckers. I'm going to join the army. So I joined without even telling them. And so my dad found out, like, what the hell did you do? I'm like, I'm gone. I'm out of here, motherfucker. See you later. Uh, so, you know, I joined the military. And like, and like I said, my dad and I, we, we always bumped heads. And it, it was crazy because I joined the military. And, man, the recruiter makes it sound so fucking awesome. Man, you're going to love it. You're going to get in there. It's going to be amazing. You're going to learn how to do new skills. You're going to make friends. You're going to do all this. And then when you get into your duty station, it's going to be a regular nine-to-five job. It's like you go to work and you come home. It's going to be amazing. There's no problem. You're going to love it. I'm like, I'm sold. I'm going to this. And then I get there. What they don't tell you about is when you go to basic training, you don't go straight into basic training. You got like a week or two of reception where you're not doing jack shit, <laughs> but sitting on a bunk every day for two weeks. They done shaved your head off. They done took all your identity away from you. You are now just a number, and you're just sitting there wondering, what the fuck did I get into? It's just too much time by yourself to think about. It just hits you. I'm in the Army. I can go to war. Like People might be shooting at me at some point. What the fuck am I doing? It's too late at that point. You're there. You're stuck. Where's you know, the where's the scene from Stripes where we goes dance on the grinder? Exactly. Yeah. There's Tell no doing that doing army training. You're not meeting chicks and stealing out RVs and having <laughs> sex. That's not happening in the army. Yeah. Um, so it was crazy. You know, so that, that's why I joined. That was the reason I joined. I, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with the army, to be honest with you. So when I signed up, they're like they give you like you take the ASVAB and it gives you it's a test that you take and it tells you what you qualify job wise. I got a lot of offers for a lot of jobs because I, I scored pretty high in the ASVAB, surprisingly. I, I guessed that most of the shit on there. So I don't know how I scored high. <laughs> so, um, they gave me all kinds of jobs and then, and then I didn't even care what job I was doing for the could army. Be a helicopter mechanic. I could have been a helicopter mechanic. <laughs> I got military intelligence to do, uh, to do uh, logistics or not logistics, uh, linguistics. Mm-hmm. And it was, but it was a six year contract. I'm like, I don't want to commit to six years. I don't think I'm ready for that kind of commitment. So I'm like, Hey, um, you got anything lower on that list? <laughs> so I signed as a, as a 52 Charlie utilities equipment repair because it guaranteed me there for two years and 24 weeks. I'm like, that's my kind of enlistment. Wow. I want to do that. Two years, 24 weeks. Let's wow. do it. Is that all you did? Yes, that's what I did. That's oh, what wow. I picked out. Like, two Mike Two was, years, 24 weeks. That, man, was a, that don't even count, yeah. dude. <laughs> right? Mike was thinking about doing linguistics and he's Mexican and can't even speak Spanish. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. Shut up. God damn it. <laughs> it's not funny, dude. Hey, but did you ask the recruiter, like, could you guys teach me Spanish? <laughs> I, want, I was hoping that was going to be where they were going to send me. Honestly, that's, that was like, man, look, if I go in... Can I be a Spanish translator? It's worth <laughs> the six <laughs> years. Yeah. They, it's they, worth you it. know what would have been funny is if I would have gone in logistics or in linguistics, what do they would have sent me to like South America and taught me Spanish? And they'd be like, Oh yeah, we're going to put you right in here, Pyro Sanchez. You're going to be good to go. And they're just going to push me in there without even having to send me to training. I'm like, yeah. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No hablo. I don't know what's no going hablo, on. Right Taco now. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, so I did, I did my time and, and, and then my time, it ended up being longer than two years and 24 weeks. It ended up closer to four years. Um, I went overseas. I did, uh, I stayed in Korea for two years. Um, did them one year re-ups. Yeah, I did, I did one year re-ups. Yeah. yeah. Until I got too many article 15s and it got to the point where it's like, uh, I went from special Sanchez to PFC Sanchez to private, uh, wow. PV2 Sanchez to look, 
You're yeah, PV one yeah, again. Yeah, I thought yeah, I was a yeah. PV one, but it was That's honorable crazy. still. It was like the, the first sergeant was like, "Well, part of saying, I think we're gonna have to chapter you out." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I was like, "Look, I, it, took, it took some van dangling. I had to go to the office, talk to the first to the first sergeant, the commander. Actually, I didn't even go to the office. We did this at the damn Edie Walk Club because they were there. They're getting ready to chapter me out because I got in too much trouble. And he's like, "We're gonna do the." Ch-. I was like, "Look, sorry, first class, I talked to you." He goes, what, "What is it, private?" I was like, "Look, how long is it gonna take to chapter me out?" Well, we're looking at about three to four or five months, probably. I'm like, man, I ETS in like another two months. Yeah. It's easier just to let me ETS. Don't, let, let's stop all this talk about the chat. Let's talk that. Let's just stop that silly talk and just let me ETS. Yeah. And so he's like, you know what? You got a point. We can get you out faster that way. So they let me ETS. So I got lucky and got out as a private. Wow. Yeah, right? You thought you were bad. I was I was pretty I was a great soldier. And it's because I, I did a lot of shit that I, I, I was nineteen years old when they sent me over there in a virgin and I met girls and that just like fucked up my whole military. Before that I was a great military soldier and then I met women and that just went down the toilet because like all I was thinking about was drinking and fucking, drinking and fucking and like the military meant nothing at that it's like point. Like high school. I exactly. Mean, you know, I was living high school through the military. <laughs> so I got to go on a ship. I left that part out. I was on a ship. I was on an aircraft carrier for about four years. Oh, yeah. So, you didn't get no trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we got to go around. 5,000 people on that thing. Yeah. Was, yeah, but it's all, what happens in the ocean stays in the ocean. Yeah, but, not always. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got to get away protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff there. So I was in supply and I was on the ship for that time. And that's, you know, I think that's where the camaraderie happened the most there because so we had uh Iraqi freedom, enduring freedom, operation mm-hmm. Iraqi freedom. So when September eleventh happened, we were actually pulling in the port that morning and the captain got over to the one MC and was like, Hey, uh, this is the captain speaking it's early in the morning. He was like, uh, unfortunately we're gonna have to turn around because White House is under attack. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, there's no way I hopped out. I thought he was I thought he was joking. Because right. on the ship, I was a barber. I, I ran the barbershop, vending, so I used to cut the captain's hair. So I, he, he's a funny guy when he's by himself. But I had to cut his hair like 2 o'clock in the morning. The Smitty comes like, hey, Blizz, old man, the CEO need his hair cut, man. He don't want nobody cutting his hair but you. I said, man, Smitty, man, it's 2 in the morning. He said, don't worry about it, Blizz. Oh, I, don't worry about it, man. I, I, I'll get you some time off, man. you get some sleep. So I thought he was joking. And I got out of my rack, and I remember going across in, into the, the meeting where everybody's sitting there, and everybody's in their pajamas looking on the screen. And I see the smoke coming from this building. I'm like, what is going on? They're like, man, something looked like somebody bombed. I'm like, how could somebody bomb it from up there? Like, it wasn't none of this stuff was making sense. So I went down into one of my storerooms, and I remember I had, I had a TV in my storeroom. I was playing video games down there when I was waiting for other. So I'm looking on the TV, man. I remember seeing this building burn out. This image will never go away. I remember seeing this building burning. And at that time, everything is fresh. And we get all the news from everywhere. And I remember seeing this fire, these, these two people in this window, and they're, they're, they're waving, but they're way up because the camera's zooming in and zooming out. And the guy's like waving to show that he's up there. These flames are coming over, and you can tell it's hot as shit. And I remember seeing him grab this lady, and they jumped out that window. And that crushed my soul, man. To see that people were actually having to decide whether they were going to burn to death or were they going to take their chance of jumping out of 30, 50 stories to, 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 to have a possible chance of landing on the bottom. And just seeing that, 
oh man, I sat in that store, man, tears streaming out my eyes. I'm like, man, this is crazy. But at that moment, it clicked. Like, I don't care what we gotta do. We gonna go get those. We gonna go get them, them mm-hmm. Did this thing. And at that point, it was that where you saw people, like literally in that time. I remember we were on the on the, uh, not the flight that we were in the hangar bay, and they were saying, "Hey, listen, we're 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 in war right now. There's a possibility that some of us are going to leave, some of us aren't going to come back." And I'm like, huh? "Wait, I joined the navy, man. Wait, <laughs> what you mean not come back? Like we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know." And I remember we had a lot of people come in and. I just remember the aircrafts coming and we loaded all these weapons and I was in supply. So we had to do all of the bring on all the food and all the stuff. And what I normally would do in a, in a week, right? I was doing in a day. I was normally in a week, I would get about 20, 30 pallets of food that we would just bring in weekly to, to, to occupy the ship. But at this time I'm getting like 96 pallets on a Monday, 94 pallets on Tuesday, 90 pallets on Wednesday, another hundred and something pounds on I mean, so where people were going home at the end of the workday, me and my me and my officer, we had to stay because we had to bring all that stuff and account for it. So I'm coming in in the morning at seven o'clock. I'm not leaving until 11, 12 o'clock. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. So my skipper, Mr. O'Connor, he's like, hey, Blake, man, it's going to be all right, man. I appreciate what you're doing, man. I know that you need time with your family. My son was young at that time. He said, but we got to get this stuff done. It's part of what you signed up for. And I just remember that clicking like, damn, I did sign up for this, but I didn't expect it to be like that. And we went out, and I remember seeing the, the weapons come up, and people were signing their name on the missiles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the plane would fly off full and come back empty. And we did that for a long time. We did like 127 days straight out to sea without no land, you know, off the coast of Iraq. Stuff was happening. But at that part of it, you know, you kind of understood it kind of that's where I felt the most sense of patriotism, right? Uh, right, like we were. But, yeah, it was just those things, man. When you, when you when you talk about a lot of people don't talk about the things that that motivate them and the things that they've seen. But man, I just clear vision of seeing people having to make a decision whether they were going to burn or were they going to take a chance and jump. That that sealed it for me. And I'm like, you know what? Well, however long it's going to take us to do it, however long we got to be, I'm in it. So. Yeah, I don't know how we got to that part. I mean, we got a mushy button, right? No, yeah, it's good. It's I mean, just, that's, uh, that's a real story. Yeah, it's, that's definitely sealed the deal. Oh, yeah. Well, how do we go from there? Like, yeah, now, yeah. now, like, now, where do we go from there? Like, now, well, like, not, we no, can't no, be no, funny no. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I want to take it back real quick to the Article 15 comedy tour because um, Eric is the founder of the Article 15 comedy tour. Yeah. It's um, We are currently touring up uh, all the veteran, all the VFWs. In Texas, um, kind of like, well, you already kind of told us about the thought process behind it, why you wanted yeah. to do it and everything I mean, like I, that. And I'm open to other things like American Legions or, you know, a veteran-owned right. brewery or, you know, veteran-owned businesses. Or Done. I know yeah. a whole so, bunch yeah. of those. So, yeah. like, so, <laughs> okay, so, Anybody like, that's got a venue where we can get a bunch of people together and laugh As long and as it benefits time. veterans, that's what we're trying to do with this, right? right. Am yeah. I correct with that? That's, I yes. think, I mean... I'm on the tour with him, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking. I'm trying to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, let me but, clarify because earlier I said you know we're keeping the whole door, uh, which has been the the agreement in, in some of the early shows. But uh, going forward, we're donating. Uh, well, we're doing an option. We're doing two options. Yeah. So we can either do an eighty twenty door split at twenty dollars a ticket to keep it affordable for everybody, or some places are are just in an area where a thirty dollar ticket works better. And if we can do that, uh, then $10 of every ticket goes to the VFW. 
Yeah. Um, so also, they're getting basically a 30, a 30% cut of the, of, uh, actually it's a 33% cut. Yeah. Uh, of the ticket yeah. sales. So. And that just motivates them to help sell tickets yeah. and get butts in the seats. Also, we can do, um, local sponsors. So if they get sponsors, we, yeah. We'll give them a pitch deck sheet and some tools to go out and, and a little bit of, you know, a, a little speech about how to do it. Mm-hmm. And to, for them to go out and get local sponsors and we'll share those 50%, uh, 50, 50. So. If we get a $2,000 sponsor, they get their own table and, you know, their brand everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And $1,000 goes to that VFW in their name. So yeah. And, and, yeah. and the other 1000 goes to the tour to help us be able to travel and take this even further to more people. Yeah. So basically, I mean, like with the sponsorships, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find sponsors uh, to help us along with this because this does become costly. Uh, we, 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 we travel over our own equipment. So we're having to, you know, provide the equipment mm-hmm. and that's going to eventually take some upgrading, mm-hmm. uh, with our equipment because right now we're working with what we got, but eventually we're like, uh, you guys, thank y'all so much. I, I want to, I really want to just thank them oh, on, yeah, on yeah, public, yeah. you oh. know, got your six culture, you know, uh, Eric, uh, two, three weeks ago posted out, Hey guys, you know, uh, Eric Knowles, article 15 comedy tour, you know, we're going out here, we're doing these chores and like that, but we really need some help. We really would like. If, if anybody's interested in sponsoring, we could really use a spotlight right now because that's the biggest thing right now is, is um, a lot of these VFWs, they either don't have sound or they don't have proper lighting to give a good show to them. Uh, so we put that out there, and then right away, uh, I believe it was Matt from Got Your Six Culture. It, uh, it was Ty from the was podcast. It, was it Ty? Ty? Yeah, yep. Okay, so Ty from the podcast. For all the best, like, yep. we got you. So so Triple Threat Vets is our first real sponsor. Yeah, really. and they, they went out, and they like, hey, what do y'all need? Y'all need a spotlight? The send, us the info, send us the information. That's what do y'all all you got to be is the OG. Yeah. That's the what OG. I heard anyway. There we go. Y'all, and so, y'all are in at the ground floor. This, y'all are family now. <laughs> so they, like, they, don't forget us. No, <laughs> no, not at all. What are you talking about? We're going to call you next week because yeah. I think we need. You're, you're coming with us, man. Yeah. So, you're coming with us. I mean, they sponsored us and, and they reached out the and, and they got us. That's, they didn't think twice about it. They right away yeah. hit us up. So we're looking forward to having that spotlight in another uh, two weeks. Hopefully by the uh, we'll have the Lake Charles show. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool. So, I mean. People always, when we say we're looking for sponsors, they kind of like shy away from that because they think, oh, well, they're, they're wanting a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. We, anything helps us. If it's something like buying us a spotlight, if it's something that's, we need a banner still. We're trying, we're still trying to, to save up to purchase a banner that says, you know, Article 15 Comedy Tour. If you sponsor us, we want to, we want to add you to that banner. So it's going to be, Amer- um, Article 15 done, Comedy and, 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 and Gotcha Six Culture and whoever else, yeah. you know, wants to sponsor that. We want to put you on our banners because you know what we're going to do? This is free advertisement. We're going to advertise every that show <laughs> that we got. Yeah, big as we can get it. I don't we're, know. Right now, we're trying to get a, a it's a, I it? think an eight by 10 is what we're trying to get right now. Shit. You guys are dreaming too low. Yeah, no. I got you bigger yeah, than yeah, that. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. See, so you go. Got your six and three triple threat yeah. coming through again. But that's the thing is, it's the BMW little things that we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the little things that we're looking for for sponsorships. And it's not because we were trying to get rich off of this or anything. Is we want to be able to provide the best possible show we can for the VFW yeah. because this is all a reflection of what we're trying to get them to come in. Yeah. So the better we make the production look, the more inclined you're going to have these these yeah. newer veterans who haven't joined the VFW. Yeah. They're just freshly out. They don't know what the VF. They still have that mentality that VFW is a place for old people to go hang out, yeah. think, you know, drink and 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 and, and tell you stories true, about it. But you get better stories. Yeah. And it's cheaper, and they're, yeah. And yeah, cheaper. It's, cheap, it's cheaper, but I we want to. If you want to drink like said, on a budget, you if we can do the uh, yeah. production better, then they can see. Hey, look, they yeah. got legit, wonderful productions coming out here, and we can encourage uh, that. So that's one of the things you can do. If we, you can reach out to us, and we can tell you how you can help us. Another thing we're trying to do is like get companies that you know maybe are willing to do a little bit more sponsorship. Um, one of the things we had pitched around was like if you know if you do a sponsorship, 
being if you're, you know, if you have something that, that we feel like veterans can use, well, you know what? We're going to take your product. We're going to take it with us on the road to the VFWs. We're going to either get them to purchase it because it's something that they can sell there, or we're going to give it, we're going to, we have, um, Bulkhead Energy. That's a veteran-owned energy company, uh, uh, energy drink. And so they're one of our sponsors. They said it's a whole, a whole case of Bulkhead Energy. So now we take that with us on the road and we present their energy drink. Uh, we get some of them to try out the energy drink. Sometimes we started mixing it. I mixed it to, at, at Hewitt and, and I was like, you know what? It's like every, some people want to drink energy, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it one step further. I'm like, give me some vodka. So I took some vodka, mixed up their energy drink with it. Dude, it was a great energy. It was a great drink. <laughs> it was a I was great energized energy and buzzed. Yeah. I was uh, ready to go. energy. So, um, they actually, we actually sold quite a few of their cans there while we were there from what we got. And, um, and so that's just one of the little things. It's just simple things like that where we can help each other. We help them. They help us. We're helping yeah. each other. So one of the things we're pitching, uh, for some people like that is like, say, if you do a, a, a thousand dollar or a fifteen thousand dollar, uh, um, 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 sponsorship, sponsorship. Thank you. Cause I'm now I'm starting to get a little whatever, but the sponsorship, uh, that's something where we can, A, we can get them to purchase. So we'll use some of that money to purchase your product. Or, or to give to the VFW, if it's, save it's something that's controlled, like liquor or whatever like that. We give them the money so they can get it through the distributors to have it there to sell. If they can't sell it, if they're not allowed to sell alcohol or, or things like that, we'll, well then we're just going to take it with us and we're going to give samples. And so, so part of that sponsorship money, we're going to buy a table of 10 and we're going to donate it as this is that sponsor's table. We're going to give these tickets away, but that table is going to be decorated with everything from that sponsor. We're going to feature it during the show. We're going to have the samples out. We're going to get that name out there. And then that way, one, it's helping that, it's helping the company. It's helping the VFW out because like, Hey, you know what? This is something good that we can keep around here. And if they have liquor license, Hey, this is something we want to keep on board. Cause my thing is like, if you, have something that veterans can use. It should be in the VFW. Yeah. It should be there uh, and available to veterans. Um, so that's that's one of the things that we're trying to do. So we have a lot of ideas we're trying to do with Article 15 comedy. Uh, one, because, again, it helps the veterans out. It helps VFWs out. It's a way that they can generate more money for themselves. But, two, it also helps us out so we can continue to do the show. Because right now we're just doing Texas. That's what we're doing because it's easy for us to drive. It's easy to get there on the weekends and do these. Uh, but our goal one day is to be able to, to take this any state that wants to. Because mm-hmm. Eric, I mean, you can attest we're getting calls from from where? Uh, I've had New Jersey, North Dakota, uh, Maui. Yeah, Oahu, right? Colorado Springs, yeah. uh, Oregon, contacts and all mm-hmm. those places. Yeah, I saw uh, thing was Laughlin, Nevada. It wants us to come out. Let's go. Yeah. Sure. We had a, a patron last night at the Tomball show and he owns his own. He's, he's a veteran. He has his own small company there and he was asking, what would it take to get you out here to Colorado? And yeah, that's wrong we're right. like, all we need is time and, and the money. Yeah. We're there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, that's our goal. And, and like, like Eric said, he does this because he loves the way one, it makes him feel, but two, well, you do it best, man. I, I really can't do justice. You know, well, uh, he does a beautiful way of telling it because it, I, I would like to tell, but I get emotional. And then when I drink, I get more emotional. So Eric's a lot better at telling this than I am. Uh, but, I, I do too, but I'll try. Like, so I, I touched on it before that comedy is like a, a real medicine. Um, and I started to know that, notice that over the years um, doing comedy. I remember one time pretty early on, I was doing just a regular show. I was making a hundred bucks at a bar uh, to close out this show. And... I was just, it was just a regular show, you know, I'm just doing my thing, getting my laughs. And then afterwards, this lady came up to me 
and she says, uh, you know, I just want to let you know how important it is what you're doing. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, she tells me this story that basically her husband had died a year ago to the day of that day. So that, mm-hmm. that day was the first anniversary, the first year alone without her husband. Mm-hmm. And she had been very depressed about it, you know, and been in this deep state of grieving. Uh, so much so that she became, uh, I think the word is agoraphobic, where mm. like she didn't even leave her house. She yeah. didn't feel safe. You know, she didn't have her protector with her anymore. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know how to face the world without her husband. And her sister came to her house that day and was like, listen, you're not answering your phone. I know what you're doing. You're not going to sit here and do this anymore. Mm. You're coming with me. Put on this dress. I got comedy show tickets. She's like a comedy show. She said that was the last yeah, thing I w- wanted to do at that. You know, I'm not feeling yeah. like I'm gonna go laugh about stupid stuff. You know, but she came in and I got her. She did. You know, she laughed at my silly little jokes. You know, and I wasn't talking about anything profound. You know, at that point in my career, but she said uh, I just had this realization that this is what my husband would want. He would want me to be able to be happy. He didn't want me to be sad. He's. She said I felt like he was speaking to me during your show telling me that, you know, you can move on now, you know, you can, you can have joy in your life. And, and that was like the first time where I was like, Oh wow. So this is, I've looked at it differently. Yeah. So I'm not getting laughs. I'm giving people something. I'm, I'm really giving people something. Another time I was the first time I went back to the middle East to entertain the troops. Um, which that was a great opportunity for me. I was very excited about it, but I was in a bad place in my life. I had a lot of personal things going on in my personal life that I was very just depressed about and uh, very uh, disturbed about it, really. I was going through a really, really hard time. And I was sitting in a hotel in Kuwait, and I was you know checking my messages on my phone, and I got a Facebook message from a guy I'd never even heard of, friend request, and, a, you know, this guy approved this message or is he a scammer? You know, so I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. He's like, Hey man, I'm a Marine Corps. Uh, I'm a Marine. And he says, Oh yeah, he's, it was a uh, 10 November, the Marine Corps birthday, November 10th. He said, you know, for Marine Corps birthday, I was here at my house all by myself. I'm a combat veteran. You know, I've dealt with a lot of stuff. He's like, and I had made up my mind about a month ago that I was going to end it. And I was going to do it on Marine Corps birthday. And I had everything in place, gun on the coffee table, uh, had written my letters, and I was going around turning everything off in my house. And he said one of the last things I had gone was my laptop was gone. I had it on Pandora on a Marine Corps ball station. So it was playing Marine Corps music and this and that. And for some reason, it played my comedy album, High and Tight. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it's like, this guy's a Marine. who played this too. And... It was that bit about me having a boner in boot camp that <laughs> caught him off guard and made him laugh. And he said, when I laughed, like Released. he looked at his laugh like it wasn't his. He was mm-hmm. like, what was that? Because he hadn't felt any sort of joy in a long time. He hadn't laughed in a long time. And he, he said, man, you just explained like what being a Marine really is. You know, it's, it's not really all the bad stuff that happened mm-hmm. and all of the people that I lost and the brothers that I lost. And it's not everything that happened on the combat field, you know, it's all the stuff in between too. It's all the, the stories that you, that you make. And he's like, I just want to let you know, I put the gun down and your comedy saved my life. (laughs) That's amazing, dude. And I was, I wrote him back. We've been best friends. His name's, uh, Mark Rockwood. 
he's living up in Maine right now. We check in on each other. Uh, we have each other six, you know, we do buddy yeah. checks on each yeah. other. Wow, dude, that's awesome. I let him, you know, at the same time where my comedy took him out of a dark place, his reaction to it and letting me know took me out of my dark place, right. you know, and that was another time where I just realized like, okay, there's really something to this, man. Comedy can help people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I say it all the time. <clears throat> the two most important days that you have are the days that you're born and the day that you realize why. Right? Yep. When you realize why it is that you exist, it's just as important as the day that you got here. And I saw something on the wall taking my child to school, and I, I wrote it down because I have to I have to live by it. It says, every better way needs a place to begin, right? So when you think about it, when hmm. people are down in their dump or you things aren't going well, the only better way that you have it's a place to begin in, right? So you have to just believe that, okay, I'm tired of this way. I'm going to do it another way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people get so down that they don't even see a better way. It's not that they don't right. want to see a way at all, right? But if we can just, and, and that's one of the things that we always put on our podcast is just try to get people to know that your best, your best self, you need to wake up to see your best self. Right. You got to give that you know, chance. You, you got to give that chance. You give yourself a chance to see your best self because I tell you, like just like you have explained and even you, when I went through my second divorce, man, and I got these kids and, you know, money was going all out. Nothing was coming in. And it's like, man, I know my kids are coming in the next weekend and I just got paid for the military, but 90% of that went to her and them. Mm-hmm. And, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I, I get paid and have $27 yeah. from one pay period to the next. And here I am, the chief in khakis going to work every day. The only person I have to talk to is this guy sometimes. It's like, shit, how, you know, I don't want to go to somebody and be like, hey, bro, I ain't got nothing to eat. You know, I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And and another crazy thing is I had met a guy, good friend Greg. He was at the comedy show last night with yeah. us. We're tight. I had no place to go, man. I went into work one day to cap. My, my CEO told me, hey, man. Your wife said, you know, you can't go home. She said she's afraid for this. She knew she was in the military, too, so she knew what to do. I had nowhere to go in one day. I yeah. went for one day, man. I got this big old house in Pearland to where I have nowhere to go. And what, what do I do? And I had a, a, a guy that was in the military, my brother Greg. He was like, hey, man, I didn't even know him for like two weeks. He hadn't even been there. But he hadn't like been there for two weeks. He said, hey, man, I just got a house, man. It's just me. You're welcome to come here, man, and stay at my house, man. I got an air mattress for I said, bro, I can't do it. You just moved in. He took me in, man. You know what I mean? Just just that. And we've been tight like this since. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I tell my wife, man, I remember sitting on my couch, same thing, gun on, gun on the side of me. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, I've done everything I can do. I just... What's the point, right? What's the point of going up, getting to here, and then now you're just in this this dark place where I got to put on this mask every day to go to work right. to make people think that I'm okay, right. but I'm not okay. And I don't think anybody's going to understand that I'm not okay. So, you know, but, but my wife called me that day on the phone. She just called me to check on me, and just that point of time changed everything. So, you know... Every better way needs a place to begin, and you just have to believe that if you can just say in your mind that, you know what, tomorrow, things is all jacked up today. But you know what, tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. As long as you can even say that word tomorrow or in about 10 minutes, I'm about to go do this. You know what I mean? You just have to try to keep that level to where you can just get people to think that, hey, I know it sucks. It sucks, (laughs) sucks, sucks, sucks. 
But let's 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 help us up together, man. Because I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you suck by yourself. We're gonna figure out a way. That's right. Right. And then even in this conversation with us here, it's just that we all have plans and things that where we want us to, to go. Right. I think when you surround yourself with the right people, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? For like sure, hundred percent. You, you guys need sound. I might not be the best DJ in the world, but I'm gonna tell you what: if you guys ever need me to come and play some music, we're gonna play it. And we're as we do it and and keep rolling, it all come together. But it's just having people who are, aren't always looking to, you know. All right, so look, you where's the upside me? for me? Hey man, so you want me to play some music for me? So how much you gonna pay me to play some music? No, right. man. It's, look, you have to see the the bigger picture. Is that we all want to do something that makes us feel. Well, make us feel wanted, make us feel like we, we belong somewhere. Right. And if you have, you know, like, like the, the book I was reading with, uh, Vargas, yeah. it says one is none and two is one. That, that resonated with me because if you have one of anything, mm-hmm. as soon as it's messed up, you have none. Right. So you pack extra. Right. So one of us couldn't do this podcast by ourselves. Right. So right. one is none, two is one. And when, and it, the numbers just add up from that, you know, so. That that's a big thing, but that's powerful. Like you said, you would think that comedy is not as healing as it is, but it is. You know what I mean? Even oh, it is a hundred percent. Yeah, to come and laugh. And you uh, last night when you were when you were up there, man, these ladies behind us, they were dying laughing back there. And I'm looking because I normally I'm the loudest one. I know you probably can hear me laughing. In there. I don't hear that. <laughs> that's great, bro. Yeah, but man, we're in there dying laughing. But these ladies are in the back and there. But, but I know that that's what they needed. You know what I mean? Right. Just to have that. And when you hear yeah. people laughing, it's hard to be upset when you hear somebody laughing that loud. So it was great, man. So. I'll just tell you, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, like you said, I it's will. powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a, a vision for this tour, what, what I think it might be or what I think it could be or what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm open-minded, yeah. you know. Um, I think if if we just all keep doing the right thing for the right reasons, right. That, then, you know, the right thing will happen. Right. The right thing will work its way, right. work yeah. itself out. Yeah. He has a vision for the tour and. And as we found out going through this tour so far, we have our vision and then we have what it's starting to morph into. Right. And I think in some cases, uh, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself because when Eric first, you know, he reached out to me, hey, Mike, you want to do this tour with me? I obviously said right off the bat, hell yeah. No mm-hmm. asking about what's it going to pay me or right. what is, what's it going to give me? What am I going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Eric asked me, I'm like, let's do this, brother. I'm down for it. Yeah. Um, but I think even in that short period of time that we've been doing this, I think this has morphed into something different than. Because we had an idea of where we wanted this to go. And then, mm-hmm. and slowly and surely we got to the like, you know what? Fuck that. Let's go with this direction. <laughs> this works better for us. And, and so where we were going or where we initially anticipated going just didn't seem like a right direction for us. So we've morphed and it's changed over this period of time. And I feel like we're getting better at it and, and, and we're learning more from it. And I think we're having more fun along the route of doing it our way. I think. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I think so. So yeah, yeah, it's a hundred percent true, but like, um, Laughter is healing. It's it's been proven. Laughter is healing. I think the thing with laughter and with comedy shows in general is it's it you get a group of people together and you don't know what everybody's going through, mm-hmm. but for that brief moment when that comedian's up there and he's telling his stories and he's telling his jokes and people are laughing, you start realizing, yeah. hey, I'm not the only one in this right. world that's fucked up. <laughs> They're all kind of fucked up. I'm yeah. not alone no longer. Yeah, and then yeah. I think it's that realization that I'm not alone yeah. that allows you that potential to to, to you know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I'm going to be all right. And I think that's the problem. That's what I've uh, always loved about comedy yeah. is that it's relatable. Yeah. It makes you like the best kind of comedy is the ones where for me is like where I hear it. And then afterward, I think, 
man, that is true, but yeah. I've never thought never of it never like, that. Of it like I've that. I've never even yeah. noticed that, right. but yeah, I do that. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like I talk about getting in an argument with my wife about whether or not I was mad to right. begin with. Oh, yeah, that's right. hilarious. Right. That's <laughs> real. That's, the, that's, that's real, real stuff, right there. Yeah, people can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. I remember when I first got that laugh on stage, it made me feel better. Like, okay, good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I'll do no that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You know you're always wrong, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, who cares? Yeah. Giving up on being right. All right. So, guys, we're getting we're getting towards the end of the podcast now because, I mean, we've been going off for like two hours and 40 minutes oh, I didn't, didn't yeah. talk no. yeah really 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 didn't realize like we're going this far but it's been a lot of fun though so real quick so we're going to get to the game we're going to kind of give everybody a chance one more time to give a shout out where we can find you stuff like that but before this so eric and i are starting a podcast the article 15 comedy podcast mm-hmm. um we're still trying to figure out when and where we're going to do it but he doesn't know this and i just thought about it there's this one segment that eric thought about for our podcast oh, yeah since we have everybody here i think it's going to be a perfect uh trial period for this so why don't you go ahead and introduce this particular segment that will be on our podcast all right yeah so we're gonna have this new segment and uh maybe you guys can help us with uh some graphics and intro for it mm-hmm. yeah. but the segment is called and one time in boot camp <laughs> where we'll have people tell their boot camp the funniest <laughs> everybody has a story about some oh, crazy yeah. stuff that happened in boot camp yeah, so that's going to be our new segment and everything. Okay. So, so I see, I I'm figured get, since I'm we have get my wife to record that a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make yeah. her say, and one time yeah. in boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> and so since we have, you know, four veterans here, I, I think this would be a perfect time to try out that segment. So oh, okay. let, let, let's try it out. So, I mean, if, if you guys are cool with it, yeah. I'd like to start off with it. We'll go again. We'll go from the right. And you know what? Let's, let's, start, let's do it different. Let's go to the left. Yeah, yeah. Because I kind of, I like to hear, because I've heard Eric's material. Yeah. But I'm sure there's still one nugget he's holding on to from boot camp that he hasn't shared it with. So why don't you do your first one time in boot camp story for us? All right. Yeah, I got a few. Um, so in, in boot camp, inside the squad bay at night, um, you're not supposed to get up for any reason. Mm-hmm. You use the bathroom. When you get up, they'll give you a chance. That's the first thing you do. Right. And well, in Marine Corps boot camp, the first thing we did, get up, get out of bed. You know, we get at attention, get online, get at attention. Uh, we count off one, two, make sure we're all there. And then we would drink a canteen of water. You already got to pee. Yeah. You know, you got to get that morning pee out. But we had to drink a full canteen of water. And then we circle around and we go make our head call. Well, one guy in the middle of the night. Okay, wait a minute. And before bed. Also, we drink a full canteen. Mm-hmm. So we leave the empty canteen on our footlocker. And then they, the fire watch, part of his, his job as he's walking around, his, doing his little two-hour walk around, the fire watch will fill up those waters so that in the morning it's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Right? So one kid woke up in the middle of the night about to bust. <laughs> and... He didn't want to go to the bathroom because he had to walk past the duty hut. Oh, Drill shit. instructor's in there sleeping. Oh, man. So he just grabs a canteen, pees oh, in the canteen, man. and goes back to bed. <laughs> uh, so the, the uh, fire watch comes by to fill them all up. He's like, oh, that one's already full. Move on to the next one. Like, this guy didn't drink his water. What a shithead, you know? <laughs> so next morning comes. <laughs> This is my rack mate. You know, I'm up the top bunk. He's the bottom. And so I saw all this going down in the middle of the night. I saw him like, I knew he pissed in that thing. 
And so then the next morning we all get online, we all count off, and then I'm then it hits me like, oh shit, that's that somebody's about to drink that shit. <laughs> so it was the guy next to us. So we had to hold up your canteen, everybody <laughs> hydrate, everybody's chugging, and this guy's just like, he, he smelled it. He's like, Mm-mm. he already knows, you know. The drill instructor's like, Barnhart, why the hell aren't you drinking your water? Drink it right now. And he's like, he tries. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this recruit can't. And he's like, why not? And he's like, someone urinated in this recruit's canteen, sir. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't even get breakfast that day. We were playing games. He, they destroyed oh, us until he figured out that story. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's actually awesome. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> all right, let's go over here to Matt now. How about you, Matt? You got a good one for I us? Think, I think all the good boot camp stories involve <laughs> urinating at some point, right? right. So yeah, we, had a, that's, that's, we, we had a guy in boot camp that was from L.A., big dude. Everybody's afraid of him. Same kind of deal, but he s- was a sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. So nobody, like, you know, you don't know until you're there, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you hear people moving around. You're looking around, and people are just walking around the bay. Well, this guy... uh was sleepwalking and they caught him the first couple nights like oh you know put him back in the bed and like, we got to figure it out right well i don't know what it was but that night like i don't know he 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 got up with a purpose sleepwalking and he walked to the back of the the ship is what we called it the ship and just walked over next to a rack unzipped it and just started going <laughs> and then you heard this dude what the fuck it was so and he was just like finished zipped went back and they're like what is wrong and he's like what i do you know sleepwalking he's like what i didn't i didn't do nothing after that like whoever was on the watch they're like if that motherfucker moves (laughs) we need to ring the bell like right now and and the dude once he realized who was like doing it he was like i mean i'll scream but what am i gonna do wake this dude up he's probably gonna beat shit out of me right yeah because he was huge they say don't wake up a sleepwalker uh, uh, yeah they don't top rack Oh, we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless he pinches it and builds up some pressure. And like gets it's it like a fountain, it. but I mean, that had to be pretty, pretty, you know, distinct situation there. That's, at that point, it's almost intentional. Yeah, just walking around, you could hear shuffling. And all of you heard screaming, and people looked down, and they're like, oh my God, that he's getting pissed. It was so bad. That's fucked up. So bad. Yeah. I had a guy on the boat. I'll just tell a similar story real quick. So we, uh, I was on the USS Bonhomme Richard for a long time, or for a Westpac, and we How long, though? How long? Six months. Damn, you got six months more sea time than I do in 22 and a half years in the Oh, really? I got a little more than that, too. Damn. But we stopped in Thailand. Everybody drank. Or actually, no, this was Bahrain. So it, we were all got two drinks apiece with our drink tickets. You know, but, <laughs> but you could get more. You know, yeah. This guy had a whole bunch of Long Islands. And he was wasted. We were back in the berthing on the ship. And I'm in the top bunk. They're three high in the berthing, you know. And I feel his elbows hit me. And he's just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I open up my curtain. I'm like, what? <laughs> Quinones, what are you doing? And he's just got this look. He's like. He's like, I gotta use the bathroom. And I'm like, well, then go. He's like, okay. And he just <laughs> he pulls down his pants and squats and lays a man sized no turd way. on the floor. As soon as it was out in the open, you could smell it everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was oh, like, man. it's right here at my yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm the only one up. And I'm like, 
I hate to be a snitch, but I ain't picking it up. I'm gonna go tell the dude yeah. guy, hey bro, uh, yeah. somebody shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he like ended up getting in a little bit of embarrassing trouble, not too much, yeah. you know. But he was so drunk that he like suspected me. Kenyonis was like, oh. Knowles, I know you probably yeah. shit right there. And you it on me. I'm like, why would I do that? Why would I shit on the floor to frame you when you happen to be blackout drunk? Let me ask you this. Do you have to shit this morning? No, that's because you shit last night. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up, dude. My one time in boot camp is not have anything to do with a piece of shit, but it's wonderful. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so so I have to lead up to the one time. So when we used to go eat chow, we had to go two lines, right? But they say in the Navy, nut to butt when you get in the line. So that means you had to nut up real close, right? So they're like, come on, scooch it in, scooch it in, nut to butt, nut to butt. I was in the 900 division, so we had girls and guys in our division. So I was like, okay, all right, this nut to butt thing. So I figured it out. So I had the girl in boot camp. Her name was, I probably shouldn't say her name, but I will say her last name was Tampon. She was Samoan. Pretty, but she was short. Not midget short, but short. (laughs) 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 So... So every time, in, every time in Chow, when we they say nudge up, nut the butt, because of where you, she was the shortest one in, in her line, and I was the tallest in the next line. So we always, yeah. we always lined up close to each other. So every time we go to Chow, I would nudge up like extra close to her, but try to make it to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I didn't mean I'm, it. I'm I didn't. I'm just doing what I told. So she kind of looked back like whatever. But one time in boot camp, I did, we did the nut to butt thing and I up on her and she kind of like gave it back just a little bit. And I was like, Oh, whoa. So now, oh no. Oh, no. So every now she's like my girlfriend now every day. Like we, she, it got to a point where she was waiting. Like she waited for me right there. And it's kind of like we had, we had like clothes on sex every day at, at dinner time. So my one time in boot camp was that one time when I got extra close and she threw it back and I knew we were together at that point so like every time at lunch it was like we were right there and it was crazy because when we graduation she came looking for me in the hotel she was looking for me because like it's all the I knew at this point we were together at this point yeah like you know subconsciously we were together but when she saw me in the hotel I was already in the in the bed with somebody else so oh. it was she was heartbroken and kind of messed her up but sorry she Ms. Tampon. So yeah she's a little bit slow <laughs> right. she quick with that. but that one time in boot camp when she, she was- gave it back to me I'll never forget that. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. oh shit! Oh man, my so uh, <laughs> my one time boot camp urination story. I mean, that, oh, I, I didn't realize how common that is in the, in the boot camp. Like, you get you get a whole bunch of people in a room that have never been together before, yeah. and you see what kind of shit goes down where they grew up. Yeah, like yeah. dudes peeing in trash cans in the corner. Like, yep. oh, it's too far to go to the bathroom. You're like, what? You're like, oh yeah, well, I, I did it at home all the time. Like, okay, well, this ain't your home. Yeah. Well. Oh wait, I no, it is your home. Shit, yeah. no, this yeah. is not yeah. our home. They're home now. It's everybody's home. Yeah, but this is our home. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So my my one time at boot camp. Um, so this was like week seven, and for whatever reason, this week seven they decided to give us like a little like one day pass. 
just we we can get away from boot camp for that because we're like we're graduating next week. It's because at that time it was an eight week boot camp, mm-hmm. so we were getting ready to graduate next week. So like, look, private, uh, I remember coming. All right, privates, this is what's gonna happen. He goes, I'm gonna put y'all guys on a one day pass because I don't want to fucking do it, but I gotta cut my grass at home and I don't want to sit here and babysit you motherfuckers. So <laughs> y'all better not fuck up. Y'all better not fuck up. Well, he already knew he was oh, fucking up saying that. So that day we went on a one day pass. And, 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 you know, people went to the PX because, I mean, going to PX at fucking yeah. boot camp was a big deal. Like, oh my God, I can go to PX and, yeah. and I can get something, you know, or even getting food outside the chow hall for that one time was a, it, it was crazy. So I guess some guys decided they were going to go somewhere and find out a place to drink. And even though that wasn't authorized, they weren't supposed to, but they did it anyways. Army guys are the best. Army guys are the best at finding ways to get drink. Mm-hmm. So it's late at night. This is probably about like maybe 12 or one o'clock. And, and so the way our barracks were set up, it was single beds. We didn't have double stack beds. It was single beds mm-hmm. and all in a long row in these long ass barracks. So my bed was about three, three beds away from one of the openings to the bathroom. And so normal the time those bathroom lights are off. Cause like you said, when you're in the bunks, mm-hmm. you're in the bunks. You don't get the fuck out of the bunks. You, if you got to pee, you hold it till the morning. So I'm sleeping and like I, I kind of wake up cause like it's just like light. Like it's hitting my face and then just like it kind of woke me up and I, I noticed the light was in the bathroom. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm just sitting there. I'm thinking like, you know, who, what the hell's going on in the bathroom? And then my mind starts playing out that, you know, uh, that shit from, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like, oh, I didn't even go in there find out. Fuck that shit. I'm not walking into this shit. I am not going to be the one that goes in there and says, what are you doing? I'm in a world of shit. I'm in a world of yeah, exactly. I am in a world. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, so I'm like just seeing like what the fuck's going on. So then I see one of my battle buddies, uh, Private Erickson, coming out, right? And he and he's like just took a shower. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this guy just woke up in the middle of the night, decided to take a shower. So he comes by because he sees me up at this time. So he's coming to me. I'm like, what the fuck happened? He goes, man, you never believe what happened. I'm like, whoa, what happened? Fucking Joey pissed on me. I'm like, what? <laughs> He goes, yeah, that motherfucker got up, just walked over to my thing, and just pissed all over my head. He was drunk. I was like, what'd you do? I was like, I hit the motherfucker. And he kept pee. <laughs> so I was like, he looks, he's stopped. like, so I, had, I had to fucking go. I, he's like, I took a shower. I'm like, well, damn, that's fucked up, man. He goes, yeah, he was fucked up. He was drunk as fuck. <laughs> so then he goes, oh his bear, his, his bunk was like around, around the quarter from mine. And then so he goes and he comes back and goes, man, Brian, hey, Sanchez, check this shit. I was like, what? That motherfucker is asleep in my bed with a piss pillow. I'm like, well, at least you don't have to sleep in it. So, I mean, but I was like, just the fact that he pissed on his head, yeah. like his aim was that good. He kind of brought like, can you imagine being woken up no. with he just a fucking shower and piss? His in your head mind? is the bowl of the toilet. Yeah. That's where I'm aiming. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that was my one time at boot camp store. That shit was just, to me, it was fucking hilarious. I couldn't go to sleep that night. I was laughing my ass off, but I started sleeping with my covers over my head just in case. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Well, guys, you know what, man? This has been a great podcast. We've really gone really long on this one. But, um, again, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we're going to go around the table one more time. That way everybody can give – I want you all to give them their, your social media, where they can find you and, and all that information like that if you can real quick. So let's start with the Triple Threat Vets here real quick. Where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you guys? Where can they tune in? Uh, Facebook is big for us. Uh, Triple Threat Vets podcast, Facebook page. We have Instagram. We have TikTok. We have Twitter. We're on YouTube. Uh, I know for me personally with the T-shirt company, Got Your Six is on uh, Instagram and Facebook. 
at uh, Got Your Six, you know, G O T U R, the number six I X. You can you can jump in there and take a look at it there. Send us messages, and I know you got some too, right? Yeah, I'm I'm on. You can find me at golddjroyalty.com if you're looking to book a DJ. I do everything, weddings, whatever you name it, I claim it. Funerals. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just don't. Yeah, no, don't, don't bring the midgets. <laughs> but I'm also like Matt said, a, a triple threat vet podcast. I also do real estate. R and B Realty Group is where me and my wife do real estate. So if you ever looking to buy, sell, lease, or anything a home, you can find us there. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. Uh Blake being Blake, but I'm, now I'm doing triple threat vet podcast. So. Blake being Blake is part of that, so we're oh, good. It's coming soon, though. <laughs> that podcast is coming soon. Well, again, guys, thank y'all so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all being here with us today. It was a blast. So, uh, Mike, can you tell us? Sure. Yeah, Big My Stick man, Spirits, BigStickSpirits.com, same for Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we've got YouTube channels, Big Stick Bourbon, and I do some interviews with vets on there, so I'll be expanding that as well. Um, I'm doing all kinds of tastings through the state of Texas for the rest of the year. I love to come. If, if you're in a, a store somewhere, uh Come look me up. I'll autograph a bottle for you. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, thank you so much for having me here. God bless you all. We love you. Continue. We're going to support vets and, and anything I can do to help you. I got your six too. Thank, thank you. you for We appreciate you so much, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank, thank you for this bourbon. Yes. Great yeah. bourbon. Great bourbon. Fantastic. All right. Stuff. And Absolutely. Eric Knowles. Eric How can we Knowles. find you, brother? Eric with the K. Eric. All right. So here lately, uh, I've been just trying to point people to the website, article15comedy.com. Uh, you can find all of our social media on there. You can see what we're doing with the tour, where we're going, where we've been. And um, you can send us a message there, too. That's what we are really trying to push right now, right? Right. Yeah, you know, to, to the article15comedy uh, at gmail.com or the article15comedy.com. Or there's just webpage. a form on the website where you can send us a Yeah, message. there's a form where they yeah. can actually just request uh, shows, whatever. Yeah, you can request a show. That way, um, if you have an inquiry about uh, being a sponsor for any of our events or for the whole tour, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, we have our T-shirts, our awesome Got Your Six Culture T-shirts for sale uh, on the website. On the website, yes, yes. We can, you can order them online. Yeah, because we had a lot of people uh, last night at the shows that we didn't have their size. Dude, we ran out of extra large quick as, yeah. quick as could be. So I think we had like six or seven extra large and this one guy came and bought like all six. He's like, I want all your extra larges. Just took them all. So we were out. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear my comedy on Pandora. You can oh, make, okay. make an Eric Knowles station and hear all my stuff. Cool. Dave, you got anything going on, buddy? Uh, let me see. I'm hosting a show with uh, Javi Luna in December at uh, Saloon Door Brewing Company. Yeah. For Rene Diaz Productions. And uh, after that, I have nothing. Uh, holidays and the family and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dave underscore jokes same thing with TikTok and um, I have a Facebook page just David Nunez awesome and of course you can always find me at um, well now you can find me various places actually to be honest with you um, I'm obviously on the tour at the article 15 comedy tour with Eric Knowles so you can find us both at article 15 uh, comedy.com uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. I believe we do. We got a TikTok now too. Yep. Um, that's really the big thing. And then, of course, um, you can continue to support us, listening in, uh, reach out to us uh, here at uh, Spill My Bourbon Podcast. 
Uh, this is our mainstay here for us. It's Smell My Bourbon. So, again, guys, thank you all so very much for coming out, man. Until yeah, next man. time, world, peace. Later. Yeah.